Welcome to episode 24 of the Brand Social Podcast. Today we're talking to Tom from Boyds of Bedford. Enjoy the show. Give me two seconds. I'm going anyway. I just realised I need to do a wee. <laughs> just for the uh, for the listeners here, um, Pav has basically just stood up, turned around, and is currently weeing up against his wall. Um, I don't know if this is someone he does usually. Um. Or if it's just a a little show for my eyes only, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about it. Um, can you put it away now, please, Pav? Pav, he's he's not got his headphones in. Pav, we just have to sit here in silence and pretend this isn't happening. Hold on, I can't hear you yet, so don't say anything. <laughs> it's an excitement wee. Oh, how so nice. Going? Yeah, it's good, mate. Yeah, good, good. I just literally just finished levelling the press. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, that's why I'm in. Um, that's why I've got my studio clothes on. Although I am, I am rapping today. Oh, yeah. Thanks, mate. Yeah, you're welcome. Listeners, I'm wearing a downcast T-shirt. To be used as a print rag at some point. No, do you know what? I've, I'm very, very tidy. It's very, very unusual for me to get ink. Well, I've always got an oval on anyway. It's very unusual for me to get ink and shit on myself. Um, yeah, so it's. I don't really have any shitty t-shirts now. They just I wear an yeah. overshirt. I, I I have a select like like probably three outfits that I only ever print in. Mm. Um, and it's one of them your birthday suit. Yeah. <laughs> Where's my mic? It gets a bit awkward when I'm printing Starkers and there's dog walkers walking past and everything, but, you know. Dogging. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, with the units on a dog walking trail. A dogging ground. Yeah. (laughs) Before we continue, Hmm. I've had some emails from people regarding the pod. Um, People people that basically wish they had... um, liked and shared and reviews the podcast oh, yeah. because they haven't their lives have basically gone to shit so there's uh a lady here who said since not reviewing the podcast i've not been able to find any child care <laughs> and there's oh, another one here sorry. from a guy who said uh since not reviewing and liking everything on your instagram uh, I've not been able to get my patio level. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they ju- just some email, just some testimonials from you know, real life people that w- wish they had, no, liked us on all the socials and reviewed us and everything. Yeah, so, it's nice to get some real feedback, you know. Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> I, I, I am, I am listening to you. I'm just um, looking at um... your willy. Partly that, yeah. Anyone um, looking down and concentrating for that long must be looking at a genital. I was just trying to find it. 
It's there somewhere. Somewhere. I can feel it. <laughs> um, no, I was, I was just looking at the uh, the little poll we uh, we put up. Oh, how did it go? Um, well, well, there's only two votes. Is one of them you and the other one me? <laughs> <laughs> no, one of them's you. <laughs> uh, and the other is uh, Lewis from uh, LA Customs. Um, What's he says? He says sci-fi. Well, the thing Lewis is, is, is your wrong. vote doesn't count in this. Why doesn't it? If it was a political party, you'd have to vote for yourself. Hmm. So, like, why wouldn't it be? All right, so it's a tie then. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Oh. Which is way better that's than you thought so. I was going to do anyway. Let's be honest. <laughs> I just fin- I just finished listening to it. So while I was finishing putting the press together, listeners, oh, yeah. I've um. After having my press for my new press I bought for pushing two years, I um I used it once and then like it went into storage, with the intention of my um my extension being done, which still isn't done. Just a story of my life. Nothing really happens very quickly. And uh, I was like, "Fuck it! I reckon I can fill it in my little single garage." I, I mean, I had to literally dismantle everything else to get it in, but it is in there. It looks it looks lovely. But now I've realised it does. I, I want to paint the floor, um, so it looks. Yeah, cool. that's kind of something paint... you'd need to do when everything is out. <laughs> Everything's on wheels. Everything I have in there is on wheels, apart from the cruiser. Like... No, the cruiser's yeah. not on wheels, which is a bit that's of an issue. Be a bitch I, to move. I, well, I'm just going to paint around it. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to crawl around. You, you, you said you wanted to put wheels on the cruiser, didn't you? Yeah, I've got, I've got the wheels to do but it as well. That's so you got to re-level it. Your ability to level it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've got I've got knockdown wheels for it, so you can literally kick them and they go underneath, and then you stand on them and they come out from underneath. I don't know what. The no, I get I get that, but the way you level it, obviously, is by twisting the the feet, isn't it? Yeah, the feet would still be usable. Oh, would they? Yeah, yeah. They, they, oh, are well, you going to like bolts onto like the weld side it to the? Oh, okay. I see. It's got mean. it's got like a flat that pushes the wheel right. down and yeah, it cantilevers yeah, 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 yeah. it up. But I, I think even I reckon if you move move that press even an inch, you need to relevel it all. I just think Probably, that's the, na- yeah. the, the yeah. nature we, of the beast. When we so. moved the one at um, the other shop I work at, um, we moved it about a metre, and it was literally fucked. Yeah. Completely and utterly fucked. Yeah. It was like, I mean, it's an old press, and it was in pretty tatty state, just being held together. Yeah, well, they, they um, settle as well, don't they, you know? Hmm. Um. So yeah, I've got. I'm going to send them an R an email actually because I've got a much better way of of leveling everything else um, than than their method. Is it leveling the floor? To the no, 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 rather than no, 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 because no. you, you know, <laughs> listeners is an insight to how how presses work. Um, so you know, you have to level the master palette, and then you then you level a master screen to the to that master palette, and then you mm. have to go and do all the other palettes to the screen, and then all the other screens to the palette. Well, because it's a bit of a faff leveling the pallets up, what I did was I got a two millimeter piece of uh, ply, which should come mm. with it, right? Should come with it. This is my tip for M and R, right? And then I used some hand clamps. So I put the screen, at, I put the bit of ply in between the screen and the pallet, mm. and it was the same size as the screen. And I clamped mm. them together after leveling the, because after the screen's been leveled, and then I. Mm. Just tighten the nuts up on the pallet, and it was perfect. Oh, right. Fair 
So yeah, if you're yeah. listening, they're, MNR. they're not. I, I know, like on the MNR website or wherever you buy a cruiser or whatever, it's like, oh, really easy, like fucking three point pallet leveling system. It's not that easy. No, it's. I mean, it's. It's, it's a bit of a faff. It's I'm like, pretty handy. Like I'm pretty good with a spanner. And there are bits of it I couldn't get the fucking spanner into, like the like the the mm. one at the very yeah, head yeah. of it where you I have know to. What you mean. It's like whoever decided that was a way to do it. I can understand why mm. they've done it that way, um, but there, there there should be a better system for it. But yeah. it's cool. It, it, it'll do. You know, it it works. Yeah. Anything else? Top that? <laughs> Anything exciting? Um, a bit more downbeat news, I guess. But I think it's um important to be I guess transparent hmm. um inky cow is going to be downsizing a little bit um and we're basically going to be moving out of our unit I think the kind of whole cost of living thing and energy crisis and and whatnot is just you know I know everybody's in a a fucking sticky situation you know we speak to tattoo artists and printers and fucking you know everybody's struggling um but i think where we had a a few slow months um i mean we had a really strong end to the year you know you kind of end of november uh, end of october november and december were really really strong for us they're the best months we've ever had but we'd had a few slow months before that um and that kind of meant that we haven't really been able to bank um a whole lot because you know mortgages bills shit like that mm. um and yeah, I think it's just taken its toll a little bit. So we are downsizing. I'm not setting up or anything like that. It's um, basically moving, moving to to the studio back home, or in some sense, anyway. Um, and yeah, just planning and trying to trying to keep going, I guess. But you know, I've got plans it's a, for moving. It's still a again. positive step because it's a step you're making to keep the business going. So yeah, of course, it's a it's of a course. positive step. It's maybe not the step you maybe want to make but no i mean it's 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 absolutely gutting and you know i have been um you know the last week or so in particular i've been struggling with it quite a bit um since so you know worked since when is it bloody 2017 i started downcast to get to this point and then it's just been kind of ripped away because of things out of our hands and it's just like yeah it's a bit of a kick in the dick but is what it is but as i said it's just i think it's important to be transparent i don't want to sit here and go oh yeah we're doing great still you know Mm. when i know uh i know a lot of businesses aren't yeah i don't think i don't think you're the only one struggling no i've spoken to loads of loads of print shops and they're all like it's you know i can't remember it being this bad so the, I suppose the problem is getting things printed, unless it's for like a commercial enterprise or a charity or whatever charity. Mm. Um, it's just a, not a necessity for a lot of people. No, no, that's of course the thing. It's, you know, it's that's why you need to be a, an undertaker or a hairdresser. Really, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they never run out of business, do they? Yeah, <laughs> no, this is true. But yeah, I'll um, I'll I'll update as. Uh... As we go, I guess. Um, you, at least you have the joy of trying to fit a how 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 large is your studio? Oh fucking, hell, I don't know. You have got to try and fit that in a small area. Basically, you're doing what I've been doing my entire print career. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to it, I'm mate. If lie. I can get if I can get to fit, I'm sure you can. 
I've got everything, <laughs> everything in a single garage. Yeah. I'm sure, you, I'm sure you can do it. Yeah, more so, more so. I believe um, in you. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Yeah. It's, uh, no, I mean, uh, that's the thing, isn't it? With screen printing, it's like you have a lot of bulky equipment. You can't just shove it in a corner. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think what what the most likely scenario I think is with the with the cruiser anyway, because I'm not getting rid of it. I spoke to um, Nick at SPW the other day and just asked his advice, and he was like, "The best thing you could probably do is hang on to it rather than downgrade to something smaller." Mm. Um, and he was like, "Just use it as a single station until you're ready to kind of you know mm. move move to somewhere else, or even two stations. They take up a lot less room." Yeah, it's a smart move. Yeah, I mean, um, you don't get the benefit of with two stations of being able to like do the job in a circle. Yeah, well, that's um, the problem. But, but it, it, it is it, what it is. It is what it is. We've just got to get on with it. You know, as I said, we're not stopping. This is you know, this is what I want to do. Mm. Um, and yeah, we'll 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 update and yeah, you got to you got to keep it going because we've got to print all the shit for rewind. <laughs> Well, I tell you what, I'll print the shit for rewind, and you can print the shit for rewired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm keeping yeah. that domain. Yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> when you become electrician, yeah. <laughs> when I decide that screen printing isn't my calling, <laughs> after working out of my conservatory or my garage or whatever I'm going to do, but yeah, I mean, you could. Anyway. Like, it makes a lot of sense working at home if you can, because you know overheads are. No, I know. I mean, that's that's kind of what we looked at it as, and it was a joint decision between me and Nick's because, you know, it, if, before we take anything from the business, we have to put up three mm. three and a half k um, per quarter, which doesn't sound like a lot per month necessarily, but when you obviously have things like bills, mortgages, fucking kids preschool fees and mm. blah 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 shopping whatever it's like that's a fucking hell of a chunk mm. out of what you could be taking home um and i think that's kind of what's just hit us really it's it's like you know the climate and demand for um for people getting stuff printed has just diminished like overnight mm. like i've said it before like a massive chunk of our clientele base was breweries and everything and um, one of the biggest ones that we print for um, have closed the tap room and basically said they're not going to be open again until spring because they're obviously conscious of, you know, people not spending as much and mm. it's where they sell all their merch from. They were really good out of for us. Um, and it's just all these obviously little dominoes that have uh, stacked you, up. You, you, I mean, it goes to show how bad the situation is because... It's not like you had one or two golden golden geese clients that were keeping you going. Mm. Like you've had, you've got lots of lots of customers, mm. and it's still an issue. So obviously mm. they're all. Free. It's not like you've been taken down by by one company or two companies that have that have basically gone out. It's mm. it's multiples, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think my problem was, you know, we 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 did diversify in terms of like the the number of clients that we had. But a massive load of them were from kind of like the hospitality sector and, you know, the, the brewing sector, I guess. Mm. And it's kind of like they've really been fucking hit, which is like, when you think of it, it's like, how many T-shirts do they bloody need? 
Yeah. You know, I can't mm. blame them. Uh-huh. Like, you know, they've been hit just as hard, potentially even worse than we have. Mm. You know, if they're having to close whole sections of their business rather than I'm just going, I'm still keeping all my equipment. I'm still printing. I'm just, I've got to figure out a way of fitting it from that place, which we're comfortable in terms of size to this space, which uh, I'm not so comfortable. <laughs> at least, um, do you know what? I've always wanted to print out my lounge because I love my lounge and I just think it'd be really <laughs> cool. But like, because the, the way I print the minute feels very industrial and I don't mind that, but I sort of, Oh, the the idea of printing in my living room with you know with a bit of carpet down or a rug or something, oh, that feels <laughs> that feels lovely. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that you see these like print shops in America that are in like all the old um, they're, they're like old factory buildings, aren't mm. they? They would have mm. been old like cotton mills or or whatever, and they're just such fucking cool buildings. And they've yeah. converted a lot of that. They've done the same in like Shoreditch and stuff, haven't they? Where they've converted all these old factories into like luxury apartments and everything. They call them like lofts. And like, you know, it's you get all these uh, print shops popping up in them and it's like aesthetically it's so fucking pleasing. Jack's but, um Jack's studio is really nice. Mm. It's it's an old uh, Jehovah's Witness hall. You're joking. Seriously, genuinely. <laughs> it's really cool. Like it's only seen a picture of it. But it's got like a stereo system built for it when they were doing all the prayers or whatever. It's got loads of little rooms, like it's yeah. It's called, it's called Kingdom oh. Hall Kingdom Hall, I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's brilliant. Yeah. Well, anyway, um today we have got uh we are keeping him waiting a bit after my little rant there. Mm-hmm. Um we've got Tom from Boyds of Bedford. Yeah, good old Boyds. Yeah. I've been following him for on my personal account for a long time. A long yeah, time. Yeah, I came across him probably I don't know, probably about yeah, a year and a half ago or something. I followed him with Downcast. Mm. But just like, I mean, we haven't been running the pod for that long anyway, but yeah, they it just kind of not slipped my mind, but it was kind of like, because I was following them on a different account. It wasn't like, oh, I'll follow him with this and message him to see if he's... Uh, they also do like, so much. Everything they do is so varied. Like, yeah. it'd be really interesting. Should we let him in and have a little chat? Yeah. Tom, isn't it? Thomas. Thomas. That is Tom. <laughs> Thanks for that, mate. I appreciate that. <laughs> hey, man. Hey. Hey. How's, How's it going? It going? He, he, uh, another one who got the memo about a beanie and, and facial hair. It's Perfect. essential, right? <laughs> it's essential, right? Yeah. yeah. You have to. You absolutely have to. <laughs> Gosh, yeah, I know. I, 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 I shaved my hair off as well um, quite recently because basically I just like long hair under a beanie though. and I was like, what's the point in, in that? Um, <laughs> it's, it's always under a beanie and it just is higher maintenance than just shaving it off so mm. I took the plunge you know Fair enough. Did, you, uh, did, <laughs> did, did you need to or was it just a uh, oh no 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 I had a full I've still got a lush full head of hair um, lucky you swine <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, end of the pod <laughs> yeah yeah out there. Get off. been lovely to talk to you guys um no and so it was like I used to slick it back and then it would mean putting stuff in it because I was wearing a hat all the time I was like I'd put a hat on then in the evening if you went out there my hair would be such a mess anyway I was like well I'm not gonna take my hat off so I might as well yeah. just shave it off and get any haircuts expensive <laughs> yeah get any wife to shave it isn't <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go. How are you guys? Yeah, getting there. I was saying I've um, I've 
I've, I've bought a new press two years ago, and I've mm. only just installed it in the studio like oh, wow. this week. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I'm one of those people where I don't do anything. Like, and I'll sit on sit on something, and, sit, and there was another plan for it. And then all of a sudden, I've gone. I'm fucking doing it. And I didn't. I haven't really got the time to do it. I'm away next week. I've got print jobs coming in. I was like, no, I'm going to do it, thinking it would take me like I don't know half a day. And yeah. I'm on my third day. I've just finished leveling it. It's actually now ready to use. Yeah. <laughs> how, how many times did you drop it? Only the once. <laughs> um, I have completely <laughs> destroyed like one of the one of the connecting bars for the for the print head. Like completely destroyed it so much so I can't actually get it off. Oh, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's the weakest part of it is where the holes drilled for the through nut and it's right. bent over the top of it and I'm like oh. <laughs> so I'm, they're big on heavy and, things aren't they they're oh, big on heavy things they, you, mm. you look at them and you think I can definitely move that by myself mm, which yeah. is oh, something I've, I've always made the mistake of going yeah I can do that by myself I yeah. couldn't do it by myself. It was a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, there's nothing to go. It's always moving. The whole thing is like when I'm yeah. moving mine, I kind of just took all the arms and plans off and stuff. And so you're trying to grab it, but like it's like all bearings and stuff, just spinning around. It, it, it should have a system for locking it. Yeah. Locking it off from moving. Yeah. I don't know why yeah. they don't have that. Definitely. Yeah. It's um, another thing I need to speak to MR about. Like, listen here, MR. <laughs> no, yeah. You're going to charge that much for. Uh, <laughs> A big load of metal then uh make it work yeah yeah, yeah. i'll tell you one thing when i was putting uh putting my, my cruiser together and you get to the bit where you're kind of like building the print heads with like the springs in it and everything like that, and it's like oh, yeah. in the instructions it's like it's very important that you need to like properly tie it down and i didn't have anything to tie it down with yeah so i was like i'm just gonna i'll, I'll just risk it if i die i die it's fine um, well, yeah I, I risked it so yeah I, I literally just put my arm on it and held it down yeah, that was it. I in was the like, in, oh, in the instructions, all right. In the instructions, it says to hold it down with a bungee cord. I can't think of a <laughs> worse thing to to hold something under tension move than a bungee cord. Yeah, no, made to lose your face. I know. I once got hit in the neck with a bungee cord, and it was. I thought Ooh. I was dead. I honestly thought I was dead. Um, it pinged off. I was holding like. That's oh, a long story. It was a mid-engine sports car and it was holding up the like engine cover and I was just working on it and it just pinged off and just caught me right in the neck there. And I'm just, I just, I thought that's it. That's it. You know I mean? I thought, that's my life done. It hurt so much and uh, it was fine. But um, yeah, I still have nightmares about that. Yeah. <laughs> I, won't, I won't go near him. I won't go near him. Whoever no, I don't him. fucking trust him. No. 100%. Yeah, I got... Um, I got my finger trapped in an automatic press. Uh, yeah, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> Funny yeah. part of it was, is it wasn't me who did it. It was the guy who was training me to run the press that trapped my finger in it. Oh, brilliant. Oh, lovely. Yeah. fucking bastard. Yeah, so don't put your finger in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that was fun. Cool. Um, anyway, uh, before we dive into it properly, do you want to mm. tell us a little bit about you, your brand, etc.? Yeah, yeah, sure. So uh, my name's Tom, and I have a brand called Boyd's of Bedford, um, which has been going for since 2018. And um, it kind of initially started as a, a retailer, really. And we, um, my wife and I had a, a suit business, like tweed suit um, business. So we had a shop in Bedford, and we kind of expanded it and 
and as such the the what was the stock room we moved to an external warehouse so we had like a, a load of space in the shop and we were like right what should we fill it with and my background's been in fashion and um you know I've always been into that kind of stuff so we thought oh well, we'll just kind of stock some stuff that's kind of the aesthetic we want and we kind of created the brand as a retailer and um we kind of had our we ordered our first run of t-shirts to be printed by someone else and then like in the first couple of weeks I think all the extra larges went out or something like that and and like the minimum order was 50 and I was like oh I don't want to order 50 more just to replenish the extra large so I was like <laughs> I'm just going to work out how to print them myself and I, I'll never forget it um this is a quite a long boring story so this might take up the entire no no go for it now we're we but it's really to keep you here until midnight if we're yeah, not so. <laughs> it's but, um, so we i had at the time we had a team and um there was one of the young ladies who worked with me in the warehouse uh i said to her like i was popping over to cover the shop and i said just see what it would cost us to get a screen printing set up like what would we need to just print some t-shirts kind of thing and i went off and came back about an hour later and she'd done like a good amount of research she was like right okay i think minimum we need to spend is like between 10 and 15 grand and I was like oh, okay well we can't afford that now but let's put it on the back burner and let's kind of think about a business plan and I popped to the pub for my lunch and she messaged me like a gumtree advert that someone was selling a um just a full setup so um exposure tank like wash tank uh like six uh um color press uh conveyor dryer and everything basically and it was like two grand and um, I was like, right, I'm going to phone him. And I phoned him and and, and uh, he was like, I said, it's still there. He said, yeah. He said, I lose my studio tomorrow. So if you can come and get it, make me an offer. And I said, grand. And he was like, okay. So that, <laughs> that, that night, I to, yeah, I had to drive. It was mad though. Cause I then had to ring around to try and get a Luton van. And it was the next day <laughs> I had to go get it. Actually, I, I rung around to get a Luton van. And I had to drive, but he couldn't get there till 8 p.m. And I, when I got there, it was in Crewe and I'm in Bedford. So it's like a five-hour drive. And I got oh, there about out, that's a long 8 p.m. I know. I got there about 8 p.m. at the same time he arrived and he opened the door. And it was like, there were still screens on the on the press. Do you know what I mean? There was like He was not very organised that <laughs> yeah, man. He'd, just, he'd basically finished printing his last T-shirt and, and moved, moved house, basically. And he'd not been there and, and nothing was taken apart or anything. I didn't get out of there till like 2 a.m., loading it in the house they drive back and I had to get the van back by 7am I just didn't go to sleep and it's one of those things that I kind of I think is it typifies Boyd's as a brand and I guess myself as someone who hasn't had a job for 10 years is you know you just sometimes you just have to be bothered to do stuff that other people are just like fuck that I'm not doing 100 100 100% and, and and sometimes just go do you know what sorry I can do this and mm. and yeah and that was it and we we actually ran with that equipment you know we printed thousands of t-shirts on on, on that stuff without upgrading anything and I've still mm. this, the conveyor dryer is still the same one the exposure unit's still the same one um I've got a better press now but even now I got used I'm a, I'm a real skin flint um and so we we got it got it into our um warehouse and we were like right let's book ourselves onto a screen printing course and teach ourselves and then naturally our curiosity got the better of us and within a couple of days we kind of set it all up and just just started printing t-shirts i've still got the very first t-shirt i printed and like we made a screen printed it and it came out well and i was like oh this is amazing and then i always say to people you turn it over and and it's like just blown through the second (laughs) (laughs) i always say to people anyone can print one t-shirt anyone Mm. can print one t-shirt 
you just flood the screen and you do it and it's done. I said, now you try and do that two times. Like it's the second time you'll blow through it. Like every mm. time you over flood the screen and do something wrong. And, and that was it. And it was kind of like, well, we could spend a grand on going and learning how to screen print or we could spend a, a grand on shit t-shirts and just teach ourselves to do it. And that's what we did. And 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 I think within two days, we had someone say, oh, you can screen print, can't you? And we were like, yeah. <laughs> and we <laughs> like, took our first order. It was it was bonkers. I think it was an order of like 50 T-shirts. We probably got through about 100 to get 50 good ones. You know what I mean? But that was it, really. And I've um, and the brand kind of went from that. And it kind of fitted in with the whole handmade aesthetic. And we 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 always have a big focus on doing stuff ourselves as I know you guys do as well and and um yeah and and sort of what is it now six or seven years later now I think you know the brand's starting to get some growth you know I think like everyone it's difficult out there at the moment but we still very much keep that DIY um approach the the DIY approach I think is very valuable because Mm. sometimes learning about a process and how to do something Mm isn't the smartest way of doing things particularly if you've got a bit of a brain about you because i'm personally once once i read something and find out that's not the way of doing something i then Mm. can't in my head get that out of my head because if if you just go ahead and do it question yourself it's like what what am i doing wrong here but it's working if you don't know (laughs) that you're doing something wrong and it's still working yeah Hmm. Happy days, like that. Like... Totally, totally. I, th- I think uh, most people would be mortified if they saw me print. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I probably do it in some <laughs> complete. I, I eat with my knife and fork the wrong way around, so I'd imagine. Well, you hold the sharp end and the pointy. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> just stabbing it with like, yeah, like yeah, shit chopsticks. It with a handle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it works for me though. You know, uh, uh, so I'd imagine because it's funny. People are like, "Oh, you know, could you show me how to screen print?" I'm like, "You probably want to get someone who knows what they're doing, really, because <laughs> I've just like." I watched a YouTube video once and I was just like, oh, I'll work this out, which, yeah, but it was the same, I did the same when I learned to play guitar, you know, I did the same, I did the same with working on cars. Um, I think you can get up to a point. I, at some point, I probably should actually learn how to do it um, because I got to that with like music, being a musician, like with playing guitar, I kind of got to the point point. I was like, I can't get any better than this now unless I actually yeah. unlearn this and go and actually learn how to do it properly. Mm. I'm not going to be able to get any better at that, and I think that that kind. I think that does probably that speaks to the way, to my printing as well. Really, is I kind of know what I can do, and I play to my strengths, um, which is why I enjoy printing Boyd stuff so much more than I do doing anything for anyone else because I design for the way I print. You know, mm. well, I think I think the thing is on that as well as it's like it's, it's, you, you print for other people as well, then do you? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. not. Not a huge amount, but but I, you know, it keeps the walls from the door, doesn't it? So, yeah. Mm. But I, th- I think the beauty with kind of you know running your own business, running your own print shop and stuff is you mm. can be, I guess, selective with the, the mm. clientele that you're taking on. It's yeah. like you know, I turned down, I've turned down quite a few jobs over the last few months mm. um, that were, I don't think necessarily out of my capability. I could have probably mm. done them, mm. but I was just like, I just don't want the fucking stress. No, I don't exactly. want the fucking headache. Yeah. Exactly. Of like yeah. a fucking CMYK print with an underbase and three locations on fleece. You yeah. pussy. Like, no. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that to myself. Thank you. Like, <laughs> I'm I was just like I'll, do, I'll do it as transfers if you want, because that's yeah. fucking yeah. easy. But I don't want the headache of it. Yeah. And I think there's, you know, obviously, um, 
I, I really believe that when it comes to printing, you know, some of the best work that I've done, certainly for other people or working with designers, is when they engage with you at a very early stage mm. about how to design, like, you know, they've got a concept or they've got an image and it's like, how can we get this onto the garment in the best way possible, rather yeah. than coming to you with a garment that you're like, yeah, that's going to be really hard to print because especially I, I only use water-based inks and stuff like that, mm. which, you know, does make it more challenging with certain things and discharge and stuff. And, and yeah, sometimes I, I just say to people, you know, if you'd have come to me earlier, I'd have perhaps suggested you did it this way or actually, you know, just go, go and digitally print it. Do you know I mean, that's going to be yeah. the best thing for you here or, 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 or whatever other solution. But I always challenge, especially when people, I'm working with a really good friend of mine um, who's a, an amazing sign writer um, called Signs by George. So she's a very, very talented painter. And she's, um, we're collaborating on a T-shirt at the moment and she kind of sent me over. And I hate, I always, she's always like, oh, give me a brief. And I was like, you don't work with an artist and then tell him what to do. I was like, you you know, you do what you want to do. And then she sent me the first sign. I was like, oh, now I'm going to give you some feedback. Which completely <laughs> contradicted what I said. <laughs> and I hated myself for it. But... Um, <laughs> I was kind of like she'd done like this really cool design and um, it would have been quite hard to print, which is one thing, but it's like there was too many colours in there. So it's, and I was like, every colour you add adds a whole new layer of complexity to printing and a whole new potential shrinkage in us, how many we'll lose and all that kind of stuff. It's like it's a couple of those colours aren't working enough or aren't doing enough work. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're not enhancing. That's a good way of the, thinking of it, yeah. Yeah, it's like it has to earn its screen in my mm. mind. Like I'm, you know, I don't, have, I'm not, a, you know, I don't have a huge print studio and, and and all that kind of stuff. So every single screen I make has to earn its space on my on my screen library, if you like. Do you know what I mean? And if it's just yeah. got a like, tiny little thing, I'm like, I'm not, you know, I'm not making that, you know. Mm. And and I think that's the challenge. And like I say, I've had a couple of designers who've, been, who've gone away and gone, oh, you know, I really appreciated a bit more of an opportunity to understand how you actually get the image onto the garment, you know, yeah. rather than um, you just, you know, some designers will just throw something up together with Illustrator and then email it off to someone and a, a T-shirt comes back. And I think hmm. you know, it's... I, it's- I, th- I think there's a... I've said it on here before as well. I think there is a massive skill in being able to come up with designs that work just a single colour. Yeah, oh, definitely. I, 100%. I think it's as as an illustrator, like that's kind of what I did before I got into screen mm. printing. And mm. then when I launched the brand, I wasn't mm. confident enough to go, oh, I'm going to do two, three, four, five, mm. six color design or whatever. Mm. I limited everything to single color mm. and I learned so much from it and kind of what you can do with kind of like. I guess like things like half toning and yeah. like texturizing and stuff like that yeah. to make it almost look not like a single colored design it's like and there's some fucking really cool stuff that you, you see online that is like blocky single color but i think yeah. only certain designers do that well I what's mad know. about it is it's, it's a skill that you know before the dawn of the computer all the sign writers and printers had mm-hmm. like, because, because 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 we didn't have the technology well obviously they could do multiple color designs and things but yeah. really doing these complex really complex screen prints is quite yeah. a modern, quite a modern thing. It's not, yeah. it's not something that's been going for all that long. Yeah, absolutely. And mm-hmm. I, I think, and again, if even if you think about it commercially from a kind of, uh, you know, work, you know, ham- workload perspective, as a small brand, I've always tried to run fairly lean in mm. stock. Do you know what I mean? So I'll, I'll only print 
what I think I'll sell in the first couple of months. I won't kind of go yeah. massive the first time I do it. And, and that, if you're just doing a single color print, that's fine. You can just go, do you know what? Actually, I'm just going to knock off another 10. But if you're doing a four color print on the front and on the back, and you're like, that's a massive yeah. ball if I just want to do 10. So it would force me to, to have to front load stuff a lot more. And, and, you know, I'm still kind of learning with Boyd's. Sometimes I'll do a design and, and it'll absolutely piss out. And sometimes I'll do one and it just won't happen. And, hmm. And I kind of, you know, I think, again, the beauty of doing it yourself is the ability to just do little runs of stuff and, and test it. Um, so I think, again, it, it, it drives me towards the simpler design. And like you say, I think that's the challenge as a, as a designer is, right, how are you going to make every one of those screens you decide to do work for you? Because mm. each one of those doubles my workloads, each one of those mm. doubles the potential loss, each one of those doubles, you know, the cost. So I would say that some of the, probably the most, popular Boyd's products have never been the ones that are the most complex in terms of color in terms of the amount of complexity in them it's it's like you say it's quality of design it's it's how good the typesetting is it's whatever clever slogan you can come up with it's never oh well that was nice because it had eight colors on it Mm. I think that works really well with kind of like the style that you've kind of like gone for as well because Mm. all of not all of your stuff but a lot of your stuff is that very similar kind of vein where it's that retro kind of like yeah bold simple single color stuff yeah um yeah, yeah. and it's at the end of the day if it works for you then it works for you doesn't it why, why bother fucking changing it like i've tried doing like you know five six color designs with downcast and everything and it's just like well that was a pain in the ass but not yeah, much reward yeah. what's what's funny about it is like when when, when i first got my first press which was a six color one station press mm. in my head i was like i'm gonna do so many six color designs and mm. actually what it became was a press that Nobody i had wants to pay for it though no but it was, it was just a press that i could have six different jobs on at the same time if i had jobs that i knew were repeating that they just stayed mm. on for months and months oh that mm. wasn't yeah, yeah, yeah don't yeah. load the t-shirt and i'm gone and I'm, and I'm away yeah um, so th- 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 there's an element of yeah, would I would I rather print the odd six color? Yeah, maybe now and again. But if I can have six customers for six different jobs, all loaded, ready to go, that's mm. a mu- that's a much better way of doing things. Yeah. Much better way of doing things. I, d- I did it the other day when I was in the uh, in the unit and had I had three jobs on, but they're all front back single color, and I just loaded them all up, lined mm. them lined them up, and uh, smashed them out. And I was just like, oh. I don't really know what to do with the rest of the day now. Yeah, God, yeah. Sometimes you absolutely rip through them, don't you? Like you just mm. get in the zone, and I stick on a podcast or some music and that, and, and you kind of get in the zone. And again, I think that for me, that's where the the, the simplest stuff. I like to lose myself. It's the same reason I ride a motorcycle. Is like. You don't think, you know, you have to focus on what you're doing in a sense and you can, whatever's going on around you, it just kind of fades away. And I think it's nice when you can lose yourself a little bit in it. And I think that that probably my laziness has informed the Boyd's design a little bit and has helped create the Boyd's aesthetic. And now I'm just, (laughs) I'm just You're not not lazy, you're intentional about where you put your energy yeah exactly yeah absolutely yeah yeah and and but yeah I think it is I think there is a a real challenge um to me and to the people I work with on designs is to say try and do it in one color you know and and if you do two then I'll do it and then I'll go with it but I'll be angry at you (laughs) no you won't be angry you'll just be disappointed 
So on, um, yeah. so is is there like a, a background story then to what, how where Boyd's came out, like the name for Boyd's, or is it just? It, it's actually it's um it's my wife's maiden name. So um, again, it was just when we when we had our old business. Um, like I say, it's, it, my wife still runs it. It's called the Vintage Suit Hire Company, which is like a really literal description of what that business is. Ron we, we had a shop yeah. in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we had this shop in the in the centre of town. And it was funny because I would then go into other local businesses and stuff like that. And um people would be like, like there's there's a local like craft beer bottle shop and I'm good friends the guy who runs it. And I'd be in there and be like, people be like, Oh, this is Tommy, he runs Vintage Suit. I come to people be like, What what's that? You know, and it was always like clues in the name, not- dickhead. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, but- it was it, because it's such a, it was a niche thing like it's it's kind of the, the probably the country's leading swede suits company wow certainly for hire um but unless you need a swede suit you don't use that business and i always felt a little bit like actually it'd be nice to feel part of the community and to feel part of bedford mm. um so we kind of played around with names and I, I kind of liked the idea of actually really anchoring it in in our town and going right let's you know have the word bedford in it and then jess's maiden name my 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 surname is answer like question and answer which is a shit name for a brand well it's probably someone's gonna use it but um <laughs> yeah you just so slagged thought... off our next guest <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 from the answer brand it's funny actually i i i used to do like um consultancy like um just like management consultancy and stuff. My I, my consultancy was called big answers and i once gave my business card to someone and, and they were like your name is Tom Arntz. And I was like, yeah. And they were like, did you change your name to fit the brand? I was like, no, I named the brand after my name. <laughs> obviously. It's a, it's a very unusual name. Speaking yeah. as, speaking it's, as it's, Luciano Frigé. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which equally so, it, it's a different unusual though, because it's people, because you have the name, people just don't believe that's your name. Like mm. I'll say Tom yeah. Arntz, and they're like, eh? And I have to say, yeah, no, that is actually my name. But, I've, I've but got voice to both. I got both, both of mine. I got uh, um, my surname anyway, Eastwood Freeman, Clint Eastwood. Morgan oh, yeah. Freeman. oh yeah. yeah, yeah, excellent. Yeah, very. Yeah. See, that's a cool name. There's a brand there. Yeah, but then my um, first name's Darcy, so that kind of rules it out, doesn't it? It's just like, my, that's you, great, my, yeah, that, that, I love that name. I love that name. But um, no, I don't. yeah, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> no. I think no, it's a lovely name. Mr. Darcy, eight hundred thousand times during your childhood, and yeah, I think it's funny being called like Thomas. Now, what's even worse now though is it's like every fucking six-year-old girl and female dog (laughs) is called Darcy. My my seven-year-old girl is called Darcy. (laughs) (laughs) Are you joking? (laughs) No. I've I've got a funny story around my name actually just just to interject here so when we were before before we had kids um bought some condoms on Amazon right so the uh post postman obviously tried to deliver I wasn't in and um he's obviously seen mail going to another house and it was a birthday present for a little girl called Darcy anyway he's delivered my package to this house no. as well. Do, do you want to rephrase that? 
I might, I might have to cut this story out. <laughs> no, you can't. Right. It's too good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, uh, uh, this fucking little girl dropped round my parcel, which was a, a box did, of fucking did, condoms. Did, did, did they open it? Thankfully. That would have been I, like, I, yeah, I'm, I'm moving instantly. I, I used to work down. for, um, I sort of started my career working for HMV. Um, and they, mm. when like the Nintendo Wii came out, it was obviously it was crazily in demand. You couldn't get hold much like consoles these days. But um, there was a lad in a stock room somewhere. I don't know what shop because by this time I'd moved to head office. But um, one of the stock room lads had put one aside for one of his friends. So what he'd done is get an A4 piece of paper and drawn like a really detailed drawing of a cock on it, and like folded it up and slid it into the side of the Nintendo Wii box. Oh, <laughs> went on his lunch break or something and came back and was like, where's that Nintendo Wii I put aside for my for my mate? And everyone's like, don't know, no idea. Um, he was like, I put it over here. And he kind of asked around like, oh, someone, someone's bought it. He was like, oh, shit. So I think he actually, <laughs> the mistake he made was he went and told his manager, which, you know, fair play, but he went oh. and told his manager what he'd done. And after Christmas, this very angry mother came in because it was a gift for like a five-year-old girl for Christmas. <laughs> when they opened it, I was a drawer and never cock in there. But what was amazing was <sighs> I worked, I was um, I was training store manager, so I moved to head office. I worked within the HR function. And I never forget where there was, that on the day they faxed the drawing into the head office <laughs> HR so we were just all in the in the in the head office watching this like drawing of a, a dick like very slowly come out <laughs> like so detailed and the guy yeah, got to act all serious yeah yeah the guy got sacked and, and I felt, I've never felt more sorry oh. for someone because he would have got away with it if he hadn't um told his manager about it but yeah I love stuff like that man <laughs> he I got sacked for that that's terrible and, uh, oh, and, that's and you kind of get you know you kind of understand why because they were like you know it could that could get into the papers, but could have just, if he didn't tell his manager, he could have just denied it and said that must have been someone at Nintendo. But um, yeah. I have I have a, a cock drawing story. I'm not sure, Darcy, you might have to edit this out. Um, <laughs> I've got I've got for a second. I've, pause. Right. <laughs> I've got a friend um, who was in the navy mm. as a um, as an, an engineer on on the aircraft, mm. and he had this drawing that he'd do of a penis oh, a very very distinct <laughs> drawing right and it was like it was just basically the quickest you could draw a dick it was dunk 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 like mountain yeah. line three hairs on each ball right mm-hmm. and oh and, and there has to be some jizz coming at the end like and it was called the bosque rocket right mm-hmm. he was so prolific but every time he took a panel off of a aircraft to work on it he'd paint or draw this dick on it Right, <laughs> it got to the point where he painted one on the underside of a of an aircraft in paint that could only be shown up in UV. <laughs> right, but they never caught him, and yeah. it got so bad. And he did so many; they had to send a, basically a company wide email or a navy wide email out saying, "Whoever's drawing these." Please stop! Like, <laughs> like you've to face like millions of pounds worth of naval equipment. Yeah. Whatever, what 
what ever gets people through the day, though, you know. Oh, he just said yeah. that. It was, it just, You've got it just... to enjoy the little things, haven't you? Exactly. Uh, but, but what happened was because because he was so well known for it, and and it become like a thing. Everyone was like copycatting him. So it got to the point where they couldn't tell who the fuck it was because there was just every every plane and helicopter that came in from somewhere had a dick drawn on it somewhere. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's fucking brilliant. You can, you can probably leave that in. I'll check with him, but you can probably leave yeah. that in. Yeah, check, check with him and let me know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, kind of on the brand then, where, where do you see it going over the next, like, I guess, 12 months then? Where do you want to push it? I think that's a good question. I, I think um, I kind of um, am moving more. Um, we've always really tried to push hard wearing clothing being our thing because a big part of Boyd's is a brand. And what, what we stand for is for um, people who are into classic cars and motorcycles primarily. So we, we trade at a lot of kind of chopper shows and we put on a monthly bike meeting. We put on um, shows and stuff like that all around classic and custom cars and bikes so the clothing has always been the intention is for, to be for people to wear whilst they're working on this stuff and so we've always basically said it's it's work wear with an aesthetic you know it's it's right. really hard wearing stuff so we always use super heavyweight t-shirts like and 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 that also that's the reason we use water-based inks or, or discharge so because they can be washed as many times as you want and they you know they won't crack etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, so really in the last six months I've started doing more cut and sew products so we've nice. launched some salvage denim jeans just before Christmas and I had like an did an initial run of 50 that I still do the hands you know the handmade stuff of screen printing all the care labels I hand brand the leathers um, leather on the back I I hand um, attach all the buttons and everything like that so it's still very much a oh, yeah. handmade thing um, and that I did 50 as an initial run and they went in like three weeks or something like that. And I think what I I still very much want to continue to do our printed goods, but then just complement that with more slower moving stuff, I suppose, really. Like I, I always, my, I studied fashion and I always wanted to have what I believe is the ultimate pair of jeans. And and now we've got those and I'm never going to do another pair of jeans. I'll just do those for forever now, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's almost like I want to work around the 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 ideal Boyd's customer wardrobe and be like right we've done the jeans we've done the mm-hmm. like heavy work vests we will do this next and we'll do that and just kind of fill up this this core range of, of workwear and then have the rotating printed graphic uh, products as well I think so that's what I'm doing and you know, naturally it's very expensive you know in comparison to to knocking out well not knocking out but creating graphic t-shirts but yeah. um, but it's been we, I guess, going from selling T-shirts at twenty-five pounds, which is is actually really, you know, compared to what the market in the area we're working in is, is right at the bottom end of what people charge. So we're, mm-hmm. you know, we're a good value brand in the area in the, in the market we work in. Pushing that to doing jeans at like eighty-five quids, you know, um, work best at like seventy quid, that kind of stuff. I was really unsure whether the Boyd's customer would react to that and whether they'd go for that and whether they would trust the brand enough to do that and I think if anything we've done since 2018 it's to earn the trust of our customers that a Boyd's product is good you know it, it, it it's That's great do you know what I mean like you oh, get that's such a good feeling isn't it absolutely yeah because it was it was really nerve-wracking and and I think we earned that through the quality of our our printed 
garments. You know what I mean? Like we we use the best quality t-shirts we can get. I've just started doing cut and sew t-shirts as well, so I can get some more styles that you know you can't get as blanks and stuff. And it's always like two twenty plus GSM. Do you know what I mean? It's it's the heavyweight stuff. And I think when people put one of those on, they go, "Oh yeah, this is good." And you, you know, the funny thing is, like with an e-commerce brand, which we mostly are now, apart from trading at shows, you don't have to do that. You know, people buy a t-shirt online, yeah. and that, it, you can't tell how heavy it is and how how it feels and how 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 the fit is. So, I love the idea that when people do get out one of our products, they tend to buy their first t-shirt and then they'll buy another couple after that. You know, you know, it's mm. never just have someone buy one. Yeah, and I think that's hopefully that's a reflection of. The hard work we put into making it good quality so so yeah i think in a, a short answer to rather than much longer one is to move more into into workwear to complement what we're doing with um work workwear is a really strong really strong choice i think because mm. there are so few people like independent brands that do workwear really well mm-hmm. and like yeah. and the, the weird thing about workwear is it's either there are three there are three ways workwear can go it's either so cheap it falls apart like the second you get any mm. grease or grime or crap on it well me, me and you were speaking about this earlier weren't we Pat? Mm. so yeah i had, a, yeah. I had a, uh, a potential new client contact me mm. and he was like oh i've always like so so he's just starting out his own business he's always worked for other firms and that mm-hmm. um he's in the trades he's like a carpenter and uh, mm-hmm. flooring guy and he's like i've always worn like carhartt he was like mm-hmm. can you get me like carhartt stuff and i was just like i can Oh, it's gonna be fucking expensive it's gonna be very very expensive plus what i'm whacking on top yeah. you know so i'm mm. trying to find like alternative mm. stuff for him but it's so difficult it's like, really isn't it yeah. it's, 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 it's probably the like, hardest they've sector, got that market just cornered like you know they're that obviously like they're in the kind of like fucking stratosphere of like what mm. guys like you are, are, are trying to do obviously mm. and that's trying to, not trying to like belittle what you're doing obviously nah, I, I, awesome. I think it's fair to say we're smaller than car <laughs> <laughs> but do, do you know what i mean it's kind of like there if, if we're talking in terms of like from a print shop point of view like i'd love to be able to get a hold of that stuff without going down the cut and sew room and give it to yeah, my yeah, customers yeah. yeah um but it's nigh on impossible to do unless they're mm. like oh yeah I'll, I'll pay fucking 30 35 quid a blank or whatever yeah, yeah. and then <laughs> whack the prints on top it's just like you're gonna end up with like a 60 pound fucking t-shirt mate. Yeah. Like, they are they are the ultimate i basically live in i don't wear i don't wear jeans I, no. I, I, your jeans sound lovely but i don't he's I'm, just naked from the i'm not a denim I've got denim work shirts and stuff but i just jeans just don't suit me for some reason and mm. i basically live in carhartt double fronted trousers and and these car hot ovals i've got on now yeah, yeah. and that and they're they were really expensive to buy like hideous mm. i think my trousers are like a hundred and ten quid each which i think is a lot of money for these yeah, ovals are 170 but mm. they they're a bit dirty but they're indestructible like i'm yeah. crawling around underneath underneath cars and underneath my press or whatever and you get up and you dust yourself off mm-hmm. and they're put and, and and if you if you're able to do even like a tenth of the quality of them then yeah and you're onto that, a winner and that's it and i think that 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 what i'm finding with it is is like i say it's just don't eat the whole cake and well don't eat the whole apple you know what i mean like just taking a nibble out of it so for me it was jeans was always the one i wanted to do and i did that first i'm i'm, I'm really proud of them they're like 16 and a half ounce selvage denim they're like they stand up on their own you know what i mean I, and i always oh. say to people like 
you're going to hate these the first time you wear them. Like you have to, you have to earn these. <laughs> yeah. Like you, you, you know, dogs. really wear them in. And, and I'm, I've had mine now for three months and I wear them most days and, and now they're absolutely lovely. And some of the response we've had, like I've had people saying, I don't know how you've done these this cheap in all. And I've had people buy multiple pairs already as well. And it's just like, if we, if I can take that and like you say, I'd like to do some um, work pants. Do you know what I mean? Like we've done some, but they're not, cut and sew they're ones that I've, I've I've found and just fill those little gaps because because you're right it's you really your choices are, 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 are Carhartt and to a lesser extent Dickies there's no there's no one really British yeah. doing it well there's perhaps a couple of places but the ones that are doing it and the ones that do kind of pick up little bits of that kind of handmade um heavy brands like Hebtroco and yeah um and they're so fucking expensive like well, a lot, a lot of that's yeah. driven by the fact that, although they are heavy workwear esque, mm-hmm. they're they're not necessarily sold to people that are doing that sort of work. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and, yeah. and I will say, I absolutely, I absolutely love those brands as well. And them and oh, for uh, sure, yeah. Hewitt, and Hewitt Denim. I don't know if you've seen them over in Cardigan. There's some like great people out there doing P- stuff. P and Co have started doing quite a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. P and Co kind of military slash workwear sort of crossover. That's an interesting brand um, evolution, really, with P&Co, because they very much started in a similar space that I did with um, Mm. motorcycles and stuff like that. And they've kind of moved away from that quite a lot now. But, you know, I've always, I think I've got like an old P&Co t-shirt on underneath this, actually. But I've always, I've enjoyed watching that brand develop. And again, the quality of design is excellent. And and some Mm. of their stuff now is, 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 is really, really good. But I think there's some, there's some good people out there doing good stuff, but for the space that I work in, which is, you know, very much around um, primarily motorcycles. And I'm, I'm probably, if anything, I'm more into cars than I am into motorcycles. And if you've ever seen our content, it's like at least 50% just pictures of the stuff in our workshop. Um, there's Dream workshop that for me. <laughs> oh, mate, it's, it's incredible. Like I, I, every day I'll go in there and turn the light on and I'm like, I'm so lucky it's like can I, can I just jump in one second yeah there? so what does your kind of actual setup look like then because you've mm. got your workshop with your cars and stuff and then you print yeah got can I just jump well. in there as well Darcy you stole my question you bitch <laughs> that was my question <laughs> it, it was just yeah I'm just trying to create like a mental map of like right. how everything is set up so do you know what i mean like yeah definitely yeah like it's funny really because obviously the the you know the brand or or, or selling um printed garments makes the lion's share of the money for the business but basically i've crammed all that into like a tiny bit up in the corner so (laughs) i think it's like nearly three thousand square foot the warehouse and um when we got in there it had like a a small mezzanine down one side with some offices and we Mm -hmm. got and the, basically the offices were not offices, they were a grow. And the reason we got the warehouse is because someone was caught with a grow up there and they got booted out because <laughs> no one leaves these wet units. They're like on a farm and people have been there for decades, but they were found, they got busted growing drugs. Yeah. So I converted the bit that had the drugs in it. So I've got like a, my, my screen store in there. And then next to that, I've got my, where I create the screen. So I've got my, like, um, you know all my screen printing stuff my ink store and then I've got my office and then on the mezzanine and I've got just my um my carousel and the dryer so it's it's kind of all kept up to one side and and then 
there's a big old mezzanine that we've got like a pool table on there and like a, 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 a big long like Bavarian beer table that we all eat at and then three sofas and then underneath that it's just all cars and then there's two storage space that I keep all the stock in so I'd say like 80% of the um, warehouse is taken up by the stuff that doesn't make any money and 20% of the warehouse is, is the stuff that does but Again, I think when you're trying for, for us, I always say like our brand slogan is uh, made by hand, inspired by machine. And it's um, there's a lot of people who want to cash in on that market. You know, a lot of people who want people who are into motorcycles or into classic cars. Like so I get messages of people going, oh, look, I found this nice T-shirt of a, with a, a camper van on it in Sainsbury's. And it's like, that's um, that's that's cool. But there's no way any of the money that Sainsbury's get from that is going to end up back in the hands of someone who's actually looking yeah. after and caring for that stuff. You know, they're, they're not contributing anything to the classic car scene. Yeah, I, I think I think you're do, doing yourself a disservice there as well by saying that only twenty percent of the space is taken up by the bit that makes money because you're you're, you're building I don't say an empire, but you're a little empire, and your entire brand is focused mm. on that, and yes. you, it gives you authenticity. So exactly. you, you you cannot I don't I, although space wise yeah the bit that actually physically makes the money but the bit that makes people want to buy from you mm-hmm. is equally as important yeah. and that's you know what you're absolutely right and and I think that's so like it is the physical embodiment of of what the brand is all about you know and and it's so nice that I can when I built the bit that the printing uh, bit is in it was open so I enclosed it just so I can extract the fumes when I'm um, discharging and, and keep my bit enclosed and, and also insulate it. Um, but I put a big window in so I can still look out and look down on the workshop. And I have like two friends of mine who keep their stuff like cars and bikes and chip in a bit towards the rent. So I can, if they're working on stuff, I can still see them while I'm slaving away and stuff like that. And, and that was so important that the very thing you're inspired by, you can literally turn around and, and look at it while you're, doing some boring run of hundreds you know neck prints on a t-shirt or something like that like the whole thing has to feed in but like i said there's so many people who try and to cash in on that that scene especially with the kind of nouveau calf racer i don't know if you guys are into motorcycle and stuff like that but there's like oh, a place yeah. bike shed i've actually got bike shed top on now that made bike motorcycles really popular and that's what p and co mm-hmm. kind of rode the wave of probably like between five and ten years ago but there was a lot of people who weren't authentic, who were kind of, and I'm, I'm sure you guys get it when the amount of people who go, I can have a t-shirt brand and they'll message me going, oh Tom, I want to start a t-shirt brand that's for people who like live for the road and like they'll, they'll be on the like, t-shirt slogans. And I'm like, oh wow, yeah, no, I haven't, I've never heard of that one before. And <laughs> send me a picture of a helmet with a skull in it and a, and it's like, oh cool, yeah. And, um, and it's all very derivative and you had to kind of cut through that and you know it wasn't necessarily to cut through that by doing anything wildly different with design it was cutting through that by really focusing on on that actually like i say the authenticity of 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 what we're actually doing and the fact that it's 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 all one person it's the same hands are screen printing all the stuff as as working on that chopper or or, or that i've just got a pontiac firebird the, the the car you know the night rider car yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. And it's the same you know it's the same person doing that and 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 that and that that um approach of built not bought 
do it yourself mm. kind of thing applies to both parts of the brand um because yeah our market is dominated by a lot of french and spanish brands there's some uh, i don't want to um name them too explicitly because what i've always been disappointed with with some of these brands is that they've got incredible marketing but they don't mm. contribute anything to the scene do you know you know and that that sounds mm. um really I, i'm cringing saying the scene but I hate it when people kind of cash in and sell stuff to these bikers, but you never see them at shows. You never see them putting on shows. You never see them building the stuff. You never see them, you know, giving anything back to people. And that, that's a really important part of our, uh, our brand. It it happens in every, in every sector. I think like Mm. there's a guy I follow on Instagram and this, this is snowboarding related, but he basically calls out all the brands that are like big and snowboarding that don't contribute in any way. All yeah. they all they do is take money off people that like their stuff. Yeah. And there's there are certain brands. I'm not going to go slagging off these huge brands now myself, but he's he's got some do big it. cojones on it. Do no, it. no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> there are certain brands like, but basically it's not like they don't like sponsor any riders. Yeah. They don't sponsor mm. any events or turn up to anything. They've got stuff that looks good on the mountain for Instagram, and yeah. that's basically it yeah are we are we we talking burton are we talking no money you can't you cannot slag burton (laughs) off burton Burton i know i know i know yeah no there's there's one in particular but um uh, it it rhymes with nope (laughs) (laughs) and they're they're, yeah i think like it it really um it it really came to head to me It's, it's interesting actually so i recently and and um it's been the first time i've said this publicly but that's fine but there's a couple of places that want who, who want to start stocking voids now so we're going to be oh, amazing retailers which is which is fantastic and i kind of went out um and met a couple of this people inquired about it and i thought you know what i should pull my finger out and start doing wholesale and i and i drove out to them and i on the way i stopped off at another independent retailer and i had a great guy who i've met before and I was talking to him about it and he was saying to me, you know, he's stocked some big brands in his shop, you know, the likes of Bike Shed and um, some of these other um, global brands like um, Deus. I don't know if you know. Deus Ex yeah. yeah. Um, and he's like saying, you know, the reason you stock these brands is because you hope that you put them in your shop and then they will then talk about you, your little independent retailer on their social media. And he was like, it never happens. No, like, they don't. It just doesn't happen, and 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 that really resonated with me because I thought back to when we we you know we used to have a bricks and mortar shop, and we would stock. We used to stock. We were one of the first people to stop bikes actually, so they were more attentive when they did us. But we used to stock this one brand, and I met the guy who owned the brand at the bike shed show. And someone introduced us and said, "Oh, this is Tom from Boyd's. This is so and so." And I was like, "Oh wow, that's so good to me. I love your brand." And I said, "We we used to stock your stuff in 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 our shop," and he couldn't give a shit. Do you know what I mean? Like he just couldn't give a shit and I thought you know what like if people ever stop my product I'm never going to make them feel like that and actually I'm never going to go through a distributor either I want to do it direct to the retailers so Mm. if they send an email it's me doing it and if they they post a picture of Boyd's it's me showing it directly on the Boyd's main page rather than a distributor who might share it on their page and not on the main dais page you know it's I don't don't know where this mentality has come from either because Hmm. I've been, you know, I've got a job that's based in selling stuff and that as well. And the people whose products I sell, like they're tripping over themselves to be nice to me and yeah. and, and pushed. And and for some reason, in in the fashion industry, it seems mm. 
people just aren't like that. It's like, well, no, like you're not, you're not part of our, you're not part of our clique sort of thing. It's really fucking weird. The fashion, fashion is very toxic. Do you know what I mean? Like I've worked. Uh, my last actual job I had was for ASOS, um, oh, and uh, you know I worked in fashion for a long time. I studied fashion, and 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 it drove me to the point that I didn't want to work for anyone anymore. You know, that's why no. I quit. I quit my job, and it was just like fuck this. I'm not working for anyone anymore. And and it took me, I think, from it took me four or five years before I. Move, you know decided to start our own fashion-based business because i just had you know like you say it's such a it can be quite quite toxic and especially for a brand like asos they they knew how desirable it was to like the you know the 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 20 somethings and up to the 30 somethings to work there and so they could just treat people like dirt you know what i mean because mm-hmm. they just wanted to be able to say to people i work at asos and it's like it doesn't matter that they get treated like crap yeah. And I'm sure things have moved on since then, just in case. There's a lot of, industry, yeah, I get of industries like that, though. Like I was yeah. in the charity oh, yeah. sector for years, and mm. that is possibly the bitchiest, most backstabbing mm. fucking industry mm-hmm. I've ever worked in. It's horrible. Yeah. I'd never it's go back to it, and I'd never recommend anybody to get into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not, in a, not in a professional capacity anyway. Obviously, do work for good good charities and stuff like that that's fucking Too awesome nice actually stuff. working on the corporate side of it is just fucking yeah. it's just fucking cutthroat and it's just constant bitching yeah. about other charities and stuff just, just fuck off like it's gross but but i felt i also that was a similar experience i had when i was studying fashion it was a really toxic environment you know i i, I hated i hated um that's because my... everyone always wants to be the first though presumably you want to be the yeah. first to have that idea or wear that thing or mm. that color or whatever yeah yeah and I think it's you know obviously it's everyone has a very different idea of what fashion is so everyone yeah. thinks naturally that they are the god's answer to fashion and stuff like that mm. you know so you put all those people in a room and it it becomes problematic and then you also have oh I know, choose my words carefully um you have no, to don't. Choose, yeah <laughs> you have people teaching the people about fashion who who are ultimately yeah people who have been unsuccessful in, in, in the fashion industry. And, and I think, and, have you, have you seen that obviously within the, um, within the print industry then mm. presumably you kind of learned from the online guys, like so I've gotten into, can you still hear me? Yeah. yeah, yeah still... All right, Hang on. I just need to whack my other headphone in fucking <laughs> one of these headphones keeps not charging. So I keep having to switch. Um... Hello. Hear me now. Cool. Hear me now. <laughs> um, hear me now. Um, yeah, like so it's, I've gotten into, I don't want to say full on arguments, but disagreements with quite a lot of other printers because yeah, it's yeah. like you'll have somebody new that goes to one of the print groups and they're looking for advice. Mm. Um, and you put up your advice and then you suddenly get shot down mm. by somebody fucking completely random who's yeah. like, I've been in the game this long and this is my opinion and I'm right. And I think screen printing, it's it's becoming less the case because I think a lot of the older kind of um, people <laughs> in the industry are... The print fossils, retiring. yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're fucking setting up shop, whatever. And I think there's a, a new generation of printers coming through who are a lot more open to... You know, mm. I mean, put it this way: the the print industry used to be like if you wanted to learn to print, you basically had to teach 
like just try and fail over and over and over yeah. and over again yeah, and yeah. now it's like we have this great little community where we can ask each other questions if people are fucking honest mm. about it and be like oh mm. don't think that might work but you could try this way or this is what i do in my place might not work for you blah 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 and it's like mm. that's fucking so cool that like people are opening up about this industry and that until like you know five what five ten years ago was incredible yeah. It was basically a completely closed book, wasn't it? Really, yeah. until in, in, in my mind, until then. really in the last five years or so that it started to open up. And I don't know what's happened exactly to kind of create that shift, but it is mm. noticeable and it's fucking sizable. I think YouTube's um, been a big hand help for that. Yeah, um, YouTube's been around for fucking god knows how long is it yeah like, but has it re- just taken this long to get to that stage a, a, as, a, as a as a learning tool i think really it's only really been the past five six years that people have really started leaning on going mm. on youtube to learn stuff and i think that's fucking, just i bet jonathan from cat's bit is fucking pissed about that he's been going for about 80 years oh i love him i want to take him <laughs> to dinner i love him yeah i, I just I, I i just think we're uh, generationally we're just a bit more open to help each other and and yeah, we don't we, yeah. we don't necessarily view each other as as threats. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and you're right. I, I don't think that is a um, unique to to screen printing. I'll be honest. You know, I haven't I haven't really engaged with it, if I'm honest. And and um, I, I and I should because I play it incredibly safe with what I do. Like I say, I, I design to what I know I could do, and I could definitely push myself to do things a different way. And and and, and um, you know try more complex things but i've certainly seen that with um kind of certainly the kind of custom and classic car kind of thing was it that there was you know you got to this point where um people became like just pulling up the ladder behind them really especially when you talk mm, about old yeah. classic cars is, is is they they they're going up in price exponentially so mm. there's no chance that a, a, a youngster is ever going to be able to get that perfect 32 deuce coupe but so if they turn mm. up to a certain place they'll be like oh that's that's the wrong year you know that's the not the right wheels mm. and and are very close about what's acceptable and, and will be very very critical and, and i think that it necessitates having to be more open and and interested and listening to other people you know just because the availability of stuff and and like you say perhaps it is just that everything is much more available and open that you can't really afford to be a close because you just get left behind really won't you i think i had someone slag my car off at a show once i just turned up in in my beetle i just rebuilt like the engine it was was a bit tatty but you know it ran i got it running it hadn't been on the road for 20 years like yeah. it, it was, you know, it was all tested, all perfect. It was '67 Beetle, like it was re- re- yeah. re- relatively rare model. And I'm, yeah, and I just yeah. parked up in the car park, and people walk around the car park. So I'm standing, I've just got out of it, and he's gone. Oh, that's a bit tatty. And mm. I was like, he, he was actually car? talking about you. I mean, he was talking, talking yeah. about the girl yeah. I was with at the time. And I said, what, what, <laughs> car, what car did you come in? Well, what Volkswagen did you come in? Oh, I didn't. I was like, well, it's fucking better than your one, then, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> do, do you find that there's a difference between the car and the bike community? Uh, I've, I've never been in, I've yeah. never been in fuck off I've never, <laughs> I've never been involved in the car community but I was on the bike scene for a little while um, yeah I had a couple of bikes and I sold them just before I got married to help fund the wedding yeah um but yeah I always found that it was I mean the the little I guess niche that I was in was always quite welcoming 
Yeah, I, I think that like the bike community is very much more focused on the act of going on your motorcycle. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, so there's, you know, if it goes, it goes. It's not always, what's that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you have it. Our when we have a monthly bike meet at the local brewery in Bedford, and we'll get like 350 plus bikes down every month for that, and it's a real broad church, you know people coming in on sports bikes next to a guy on a little grom or a, you know a cruiser like it, it it seems to be that people are more interested in you know the experience of, of riding their bikes yeah. and i think for a lot of people it is the experience of riding before the machine really and and i think perhaps mm. i'm a little bit different in a sense that i am very much about like someone once said to me if you could choose between being a not being able to build a bike or not being able to ride a bike what would you choose and i'd be like i would rather build one than than, than ride it you know mm-hmm. i would it's it's the the aesthetic it's the it's design you know i i yeah. at heart i'm i'm a design guy so building them is what it's all about to me and and uh i you know i love riding them as well but if i had to choose between the two it's that but i think certainly the motorcycle community i think is is a little bit more open because it's ultimately if you decide to ride a motorcycle you're you're a bit of a bit of an idiot because it's just going it's way easier like someone said to me recently it's like oh you know someone said oh you know we'll someone oh, that's it that when's the next meet and i said oh we'll, we'll when the season starts again in like uh march april time they're like oh any real bikers there's not season and i was like no anyone who doesn't have a car as well as a bike there's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so when you like, when you have these shows i've got a question for you yeah now. when you have yeah. these, sh- these shows and, and events that you do how many mm. people come to see you because when i think of boyd's mm. instinct in, instantly i don't necessarily think of the cars and the clothing i think of your face mm. because you're very nice. like you're, you're very involved with the whole process. Pab's, Pab's printed it out and he's got it above his bed. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice, yeah. What's the hole for below it, though? I don't know. <laughs> um, but, uh, it, it, it's... Strangely, it's I in the eye socket what? as well. Enough, it... Sorry, go on. He said the hole's <laughs> in the eye socket. I'm just happy to be there. I'm just happy to be there. Um, <laughs> You know, I never really wanted it to be about Tom, and it that and and that's partly why it was called Boyd's of Bedford because it was like that's that's an imaginary person. Do you know what I mean? Like that that person doesn't exist. A lot of people think I'm called Boyd. I still get called Boyd quite a lot. Yeah. I, I it, it doesn't it. have the same ring to it if you called it Tom of Bedford. Yeah, yeah, Tom <laughs> of Bedford. Yeah, it sounds like someone that's in the news or something. <laughs> yeah, Tom, Tom, Tom of Bedford. <laughs> yeah, Tom of Bedford. I do call myself the King of Bedford quite a lot. I convinced my child that I was. The king. <laughs> yeah, but no, that's fair game, mate. That's fair game. Totally. Like when they come, when she comes to the bike meet and there's like hundreds of people there, I'm like, I'm the King of Bedford. She's like, yeah, <laughs> reasonable. Um, I think you know th- what kind of happened with that was. Um, I think that really. It, I don't know how much you know about the story about when we had a shop and it we basically relocated, created this amazing big new shop, and then COVID happened and put us out of business. No, go for yeah, it. I saw, right. I saw all about is, that. Is, is um, crowdfunding on this list as well? Yes, right? yeah. So, yeah, so basically what happened, <laughs> we, we had a shop in town and we, again, we out, outgrew it. And I think the our warehouse, which is where I did the printing as well, is in an old auction house in Bedford, which is like in a, in, in 
clearly is going to be knocked down and made into flats. So our lease was coming to the, to the end on that. And they basically refused, they would only put us on a rolling basis. And I was like, well, we've got like a thousand suits stored here and I've got my whole prints up here. I can't afford to find a new place like that if you decide to yeah, yeah. which is they were basically like we probably will so we needed to find somewhere else so we end up getting this place out of town um we moved the suit business out there we moved boys out there and we opened a little coffee shop it was a bizarre concept really <laughs> when people say what, what what's in there it's like well it's a suit shop coffee shop and we sell motorcycles as well and we opened it in january we, we it was an old chicken shed and i basically for three months on my own went up there and built the whole thing converted it from a chicken shed into this I think pretty cool place opened it in January and we knew it was going to be quiet to start with because it was the winter so people you know don't come out in their droves in classic cars and bikes but you know actually we had a really good response very early doors but just when the season was starting to pick up and we were learning how to run a coffee shop and everything like that then Covid happened in the March and obviously we'd taken on a lot of debt to kind of build this place and basically it, it forced us under um primarily because at that time vintage suit hire voids were still one and the same they were still the same business it was a trading name under vintage suit hire and vintage suit hire is what suffered we we did like 500 weddings a year going into um in covid so basically for the first you know six months of covid when we locked down my wife finished work you know stopped working so she could look after darcy and I would have to go into work every day and just be on the phone. I don't remember that. People <laughs> canceling their weddings like eight hours a day. It was truly horrific. Oh, that must be soul destroying. It was awful. Yeah, it was awful. And so we, it, it basically forced the business under. And we managed to save into Suhai, but sacrifice boys. And it was just like, right, we're just going to do into Suhai because we didn't have the team to do the whole thing. And I killed it. And I was kind of at, peace with that and then that was probably in like the September and I think it was by the November and we'd had a few offers of people were like wanting to buy the brand or buy into the brand um but I was always just like I was pretty over it it basically pushed me to like a mental breakdown like that that we unfortunately lost my mother-in-law as well at that time and that pushed me over the edge where I just couldn't carry the weight of trying to keep vintage suit high going and voids and and all that awful financial issues we were having it just caught up with me one day and I couldn't get out of bed and this all happened really really publicly for me it's like it was broadcast via social media because I had to tell people we're closing the doors and and naturally we've done so much to promote this place then all of a sudden that had gone and so there's nothing quite like that um the great outpouring of empathy that people had do you know what I mean and so all of a sudden Tom was thrust front and center it became much more about me as an individual Mm. um but in the most brutal way really because it was like it was me very publicly failing so that really sucked um but people are good do you know what I mean like I always say this like when I used to do I used to train people how to do public speaking in my training days and it was it was always like you've got to remember that everyone in the room is watching you no one wants you to fail they're just if if it goes wrong for you they all just feel awful for you and want you to get through it they're on your side and that was very much the experience that I had no one was like look at that prick cause themselves King Bedford <laughs> but you know that, that everyone was very much living was that, that just your daughter time. Yeah, it was. Yeah, she she still calls me a prick. Yeah, yeah. but um, 
<laughs> so that that experience is very public and we crowdfunded and, and the response to that was really well. And so again, that was very much me front and centre. And it's just kind of carried on from that really. And I, I kind of, I've made a concerted effort to um, to try and make it a bit less about me because it is, you know, a bit... It, 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 People have, you know, well, you know, it's like as soon as you put yourself out there, you're going to have detractors as much as you're going to have promoters. You know what I mean? Yeah. People can, you know, can attack you quite personally. And if you, the brand becomes you, then the criticism becomes you as well. And I, I have experienced a little bit about that. So I've sort of said, actually, I want to step away a little bit. And I still very much want to be, um, you know, talk about the brand to people because I still think people crowdfunded to, to bring the band back to life two and a half years ago now and I still want those people to know how we're doing you know I want them to you know to talk very openly and honestly about what our plans were because they 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 put their hand in their pocket to to get us back on the road again and to to bring us back to life um but I'm going to try and be a bit less depressing about stuff. <laughs> that was basically some feedback. No, 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 you don't have to be so, so uh, glad. We're, ju- we're just back onto authenticity. We've spoken about it on other episodes as well. Yeah. It's just back to yeah. authenticity again. People could see what you were trying to build, what you had built and what was taken away from you. Mm. They liked you. They liked what you built. And so they didn't, mm. they didn't buy the brand as much as they bought you. Mm. And so yeah. you, you are synonymous in a way, mm-hmm. but they, you, you were what they were buying really. Yeah. And but the thing is, I think for the health of the brand and and I don't know how much you guys have done with like um, I've got, to, you know, I've, I've had to get to the point when I have to think, how do I actually market this business? Because there's only so mm-hmm. far being an individual can get you in terms of marketing. a, a yeah. business. It's like, you know, it got to a point when every order that came through my boys, I could go, oh, so and so's ordered. Like, do you know what I mean? Like I could I could name the people and it's like, actually, we need to it needs to be not about that personal interaction and the brand has to stand on its own two feet. So I'd say the last 18 months has been very much about trans transitioning from people buying Boyd's because they like Tom or they've met Tom and, and, you know, he's, he's such an absolute ledge, which he is um, <laughs> to actually quality of product, quality of service, quality of design yeah. and, and transitioning across to that because but, it's just... but doesn't that come from these like live the, the meets and things you do as well because yeah. as, as as much as that obviously i've seen you on, on instagram or whatever mm. there are people that are meeting you in real life and i think that's got more value to it um yeah, when, I... when it comes it, it, even if it just comes to keeping yourself as as the brand ambassador or whatever yeah. um, that's that's probably where the value lies not necessarily like putting your face on instagram every day yeah um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I never want that to not be the case. It's like I said, with the guys who are who who are going to start stocking boys, like I want their emails to go to me. You know, I mm. want. Yeah, yeah. I, I still want it to be very much. I don't have ambitions of being rich. Do you know what I mean? I, like I was saying, I was saying, speaking to a friend of mine who's an entrepreneur a couple of days ago, and talking to him about how I'd started doing a bit of like buying and selling cars on the side and stuff like that and, and I was like yeah I'm really enjoying that it's like yeah but it's not really scalable unless you employ someone's like I don't want to scale it mm. I'm not, yeah, I'm not, not everything has to be scalable yeah, yeah. It? yeah it's like I I I I want to fund my lifestyle which is that workshop that you've you've, you've seen you know like mm. that is my dream and if I can afford that and afford to to put a roof over my head and make sure Darcy's got everything she needs and that that's the extent of my ambition in a sense you know I don't have much desire like 
even if I could afford a nice car, I would still drive a piece of shit, like, because that's, <laughs> that's what I'm about. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't like things that are too shiny. Like our, that like slogan we have, let's keep them running. Like, that's why when people are like, I got that Pontiac and people are like, what's the plan? Like, I'm just going to make it work. Like, mm. that's it. Yeah. I'm just going to keep it on the road because otherwise someone will go, oh, I'm going to restore that into a show car and it will never, ever see the road again because they'll never finish it. Yeah. I'll have Road, I yeah. know that feeling because I've been doing that for the past 15 years with a Beetle. I bought it as a rolling shell from someone else. So right. it's not, oh, yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. it wasn't me that stripped it down. But yeah, yeah I know yeah, that exact yeah. feeling. I've I've never built something to like a show standard. Actually, the, I'm building this Harley Bobber at the moment, which will probably be the best thing I'll have ever made um, in terms of like quality and actually making sure because we go to so many shows now i do want to have something i've been a little bit inspired by people around me doing stuff but always my my thing has been get something and just use it and just keep yeah. it on the road you know I, and... I bought a um i bought a super dream um mm, cool. fucking years ago now mm. and it was like just a bog standard super dream i had ridiculous mileage and like mm. but i got it for like 200 quid or something yeah, ridiculous it. and mm. i just started doing bits to it but by the time i sold it i'd done so much to it where i couldn't decide how i wanted it to look so it was mm. just i'd had it for like five years and it just mm. still looked like a complete fucking mishmash <laughs> piece of shit yeah yeah and it was like the guy was like there's like fucking three grams worth of parts on this or whatever he was like yeah. I'll, I'll do something with it i was like all right how much you want yeah. for it? i made like fucking 1500 quid from it i was like all right fair enough yeah it was at lost money in the end obviously because i yeah, spent yeah, a lot yeah. of money on it but yeah. that's not why i did it it was kind of like i bought it you know put it this way i, I bought a, a brand new when they um rebirthed the uh the yamaha sr 400 or 500 mm-hmm. whatever it was no the original was 500 and they yeah. brought out the 400 mm-hmm. to comply with like the a2 licenses and that and yeah, at the yeah. time i only had an a2 license you may so as well be speaking another language now just so you know like you completely <laughs> unless it's got a volkswagen badge i, I have no knowledge of <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna start talking about water-based printing now as well Pat. Yeah. <laughs> um um but yeah, bought this bought this brand spanking new fucking uh, Yamaha SR four hundred, lovely bike, really mm. lovely to ride, and I fucking hardly ever rode it. Yeah, because I, I was just like I had this super dream, yeah. and it was just this ratty yeah. fucking thing that I could literally just like rev to fucking high heavens, and it had yeah. just like I mean it was heavy, so it didn't really go anywhere, but it sounded like it went somewhere. Even like, the, you know, I I did exactly the same. I bought a an Indian Scout, like a fair, like you know, it's like one nice. or two years old. And um, I remember I got it from Crazy Horse, and when I went to get it, um, they were like, "Do you want to test ride it?" And I was like, "Well, given I've never ridden a bike that's less than twenty years old, like I'm sure it's <laughs> going to be pretty amazing." Like, because I always think, I always say, like, with motorcycles, anyway, it's not like a car, like, you have to get in it and see how it feels, and I kind of like, yeah, yeah, you can yeah. just change everything, like, yeah, like I'd, it, I'd, I'd grown up it. riding dirt bikes my whole life, yeah. so it was just like, you know, it's literally, if something breaks, just fucking gaffer tape it back together, sort yeah, of thing, yeah. it was like, exactly, yeah, it, yeah, it didn't but, matter, it yeah, was like, I've, I've got a coffee table book downstairs called, uh, I think it's called Ride, and it's all, mm-hmm. like, all these, like, custom built like cafe races and bobbers nice. and stuff like that yeah. i literally flick through it and i'm just like oh that's so nice i love that's it so yeah nice. i love it i and know I that it would just fucking sit there and be like i'm just gonna be scared i'm gonna like scratch it yeah or something like yeah. that like people have paid like 50 grand for a custom built bike i'm, I'm, I'm never worried like... about damaging nice stuff or, or using no, it. But if it, I, I'm, I'm not but if i had 
if if I'd have spent that kind of money on having something custom built by one of these really famous fucking like custom built garages and everything like that, I'd just be like, oh, I don't know if I want to take that out. I'm going to take the other one out. And I think that's what I did with like the Super Dream and the SR400, where it's like the SR400, because I bought it brand new. It was nice and shiny and everything yeah. like that. I was just like, I'll just leave it in the garage. You know what yeah. I mean? It's yeah. like the Super Dream. I was like, I knew I could just rag it round. And it'd be fine, like you know, mm. it was only a little bike, but mm. like you know, yeah. that was that's my a... fucking pride and joy when I had yeah. it. I think. That's exactly yeah. I had I had this Indian Scout, and I and I think I got it for the first time. I, I had ever got a motorbike on like a PCP thing because I obviously couldn't afford to buy one outright. And um, yeah. it's costing like one hundred and ten pounds a month, and then twenty five pounds or whatever it was to insure, and then a tenner to tax. So I think it was somewhere around one hundred and fifty pounds a month to own this motorcycle. And like I'd get to the month, I've ridden it twice this month. Yeah, yeah that's an that's an expensive vehicle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I probably don't need that. And luckily, much like with cars, like the price of, of motorcycles has really held well. And I managed to sell it for basically what I bought it for. So I got out of it and got my deposit back, which was great. And then I just bought absolutely awful old Harley, and you know, and and sold that, and then moved that on, and and, and I've just started trading myself back up, and I'm so much happier with that. Yeah. And I still do look at the Indians and I, I still love them, but I think the, the realisation that it, it isn't about that for me. And um, as much as everyone's like, like I say, I know people are like, oh yeah, real bikers, we, you know, would, 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 you know, use it every day and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, well, I have to take stuff to the post office every day or I have to put <laughs> at school every day. So, and I've yeah. got shit knees. It's, like, su- it's such a weird concept, the concept of a real biker. Surely yeah. anyone mm. who's a real biker is someone that's ridden a motorbike. Like yeah. <laughs> no, 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 Pav, Pav. R- real bikers are the ones that look like Power Rangers. Yes, yeah. How oh, are they? Yeah. Right, okay. But I, what, I the ones that... in all the leather and whatnot. Yeah. The, the bit you get this year is, this time of year, is the people who ride in, in like the real cold and it's like, oh, have you not been What's out the in the cold? What's the fucking point? Yeah, what exactly. are you achieving? What yeah. are you achieving? But it's but because there's 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 two things going on there. Either you want to do that because you love you love it that much, so you want to do it. In which case, which is weird. I, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> but I'm not going to think you're cool because you're doing something you want to do, or you hate doing it and it hurts you, and yet you're still doing. It. In which case, I'm not going to think you're cool because that's really unpleasant. Mm, I choose yeah. not to. I have a car with a heater. Mm. If it's minus two, I'm just going to get in that. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. sorry, but. Like I say, like generally, I think I found the motorcycle community very, very welcoming, very, very open. And there's people will banter with each other and joke about it. And same as they do with the VWs. You know, I'm very into VWs as well. Mm. It, it's all good natured. Like we did a sticker that just says sports bikes suck. And um, <laughs> it, it got the most. It was A, it's been it's our best selling sticker we've ever done. But B, the amount of people like, well, I think you'll find some of my friends have got sports bikes and they're really lovely. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not saying people suck. I'm saying (laughs) (laughs) I I don't judge someone by what motorcycle they ride. But I think that should be your next sticker. It's like you have a friend that has a sports bike. They suck. suck. And so do you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But it's like there's always, you know, but I think the Boyds has always had that quite... um, self like what they call it self-deprecating humor to it as mm. well like we laugh at ourselves and we laugh at each other you know it's yeah. it, it's so very on, much. on that on that subject then what's your you said about your sticker that design being the most popular mm. what is your what does your process look like for coming up with designs for the brand whether it's for stickers or t-shirts or whatever 
Tim Water genuinely starts with a um, uh, a phrase. Mm. I think, and often it doesn't end up with the phrase being in whatever the design is. But generally, I'll, I'll, I'll I don't know, and I don't know where that comes from. But it, it I'm not a uh, uh, an illustrator by any stretch, and I'm not a graphic designer at all. But um, I think, if anything, I, I'm pretty good at typesetting. Do you know what I mean? Like I can lay out words on a page quite so, well that's quite a skill in itself yeah it is yeah, it yeah. Is. and i think some illustrators can't do that you know yeah. and it's and a I, massive part of graphic design yeah i think definitely. that is really underappreciated yeah i think so and i've i've found myself doing that a lot when i've worked with illustrators being like i've said this is the brief like i did a uh, a t-shirt that said uh, like death to ethanol which is like an additive they put in fuel that kills cars as you both probably know but mm. I put that and then a picture of a chopper and then and, they, and I said to the guy, like, this is what I want. It to, it'll be death to ethanol, and then this will be the, and then this bike, and blah, blah, blah. And, it was, and he did a great job of the, the illustration of the bike. But I was like, I hope you don't feel hurt, but I'm just going to do the text myself. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it, mm. uh, no offence, but that's something that, that's my my wheelhouse is. One is- of our best-selling designs I did that with, and it was, I don't know if you remember it, Pav, it's like the cocktail skull. Yeah, yeah, circle. Yeah, so I'd redid the text for that because he was like he was selling the design as like a pre-made design, and he was yeah, like, yeah. I can change the text and color and blah 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 and everything. Yeah. And he like tried it a few times with the text, and I was like, no, I want it like this, and sent him some examples, and I wanted to say this, and he kept making spelling mistakes, which mm-hmm. annoyed me a little bit to begin with. Yeah. And then the text just wasn't working. It's like I yeah. had this specific thing in my head of how I wanted to look, and he couldn't make it work. Like that yeah. Yeah. And I was like, look, just take the fucking text out yeah send me the file and i'll buy it as is but yeah, yeah. and then yeah. i did it and fucking made it work like first go because i had that basically had the font that i yeah. that i wanted to use i just couldn't oh. remember what the fuck it was called yeah, yeah um and it was our best-selling tea for about 18 months yeah um I and i think sometimes you just have to take those things into your own hands like mm. you know from a design well, it's perspective, playing to your like strengths again got, isn't it yeah, yeah exactly like if you've got something in your head that you i mean I was going to say that you know is going to work, but that you really believe is going to work mm-hmm. because there's obviously no way of knowing. I'm sure we've both had things that have, we've been like, this is going to sell and it just fucking it doesn't. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, but you have to run with that, don't you? It's, you have yeah. to run with that feeling of like, this is going to work. And I think too often, like, I think a lot of designers or brand owners in particular, like get a bit disheartened with the fact that when they put, their idea out and it doesn't instantly work or it doesn't instantly sell or whatever that it's a failure but it's like you know failure breeds success basically doesn't it mm, it's like yeah. um and kind of i don't know where the fuck i'm going with this mm-hmm. um <laughs> just going that, off on a random tangent yeah but but i think with 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 fashion in general like i i when i studied fashion we went to like we had like a um like a field trip um which was amazing actually we went to uh new york and visited like donna karen banana republic um and various different fashion houses and 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 we also went to this place i can't remember the name but it's like called the um the u.s something of like i don't know confederation of color or something like that and you know how every year they release like a pantone like this is this year's yeah. color and it's the people who decided that I got really told off by one of the tutors because they're like saying, oh, so for, for next year, we think it's going to be another like, shade of the colour. And I was like, I said, by telling people what you think the colour is going to be, are you, is it not just a self-fulfilling prophecy and you're just 
dictating it rather. <laughs> and they got really defensive about it. But I think fashion is a little bit like that. You know what I mean? Like, you, you know, yeah. you want to be a tastemaker, but you, you have to listen a lot to what's going on and, and how people mm. respond to what you like. And, and you can never really predict what you like. We, our best selling t-shirt ever, we, we've done one that says it's time to do some sketchy shit. Mm. It's like a horseshoe, and I, I, I drew that, and I hate it. I really never liked the design, <laughs> but it, and, but it's one that I, you know, it's one that I drew, and um, I had to kill that. I've decided to just discontinue all of that design because I just couldn't face printing it. The the, the screen was just getting a bit worn. It's like I'd have needed to make a new screen, and it's kind of burnt into my retina now. I was just like, you know what? <laughs> I can't. I'm not printing that anymore. And everyone's like, "When are you going to print this?" And I was like, "The." The, the phrase won't die, but that that design will, will, because I think that's a big thing that people expect from boys now a little bit is is a bit of irreverent humour. And that's why yeah. I think I start with Wilder Than the West. It's time to do some sketchy shit. Uh, what else we got? Yeah, keep them you, right. You, you should record yourself uh, driving over the screen with your motorbike, <laughs> destroying it. <laughs> yeah, I should do, actually. Yeah, I my boot through it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah it's funny do you do you guys get like that where you just have a product and you're just like i just can't be asked to print this one yeah that, that that one that i was saying about the cocktail skull when i killed it yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, i've been fortunate enough to only really have like deal with other people's shit so mm. they're the ones that have to deal with not anymore, need it again no mm. not anymore yeah, no kind of brand is that right yeah yeah, yeah. Cool. congratulations that's exciting yeah well we've got we, we've got like a nice insight into how we want to do things because we've mm. seen we spoke about it on, on the, the episode we did purely about that mm. we've seen other people come to us for their brands mm. and we've seen and probably done it the wrong way for them mm. despite telling them this is the wrong way around of doing shit yeah, yeah. um so we sort of got that in our back pocket yeah, which yeah. which is quite good mm-hmm. and we... yeah, it's it's i think people massively underestimate how difficult it is to start a brand do you know what it's i mean so like, hard it's, it's uh, so hard we, we we see it every other day where it's mm. people it always happens in the new year mm. when people have had a new year's resolution it's like i'm going to start the next biggest streetwear brand mm-hmm. mm. yeah and it's like and they come to you and it's like here's my idea and it's like this is like a, a 28 color design yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, no one in the world is going to print it for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just like, and most of the time, it's, it's saying that most of the time, it is literally just a simple word mm-hmm. that they want on the left chest pocket. Yeah, and it's like, and that's it. And if it doesn't pick up within the first two or three weeks or whatever, like they just give it up, and then mm-hmm. they're left with fucking fifty t-shirts that they can't shift. Yeah, just the absolute. I, I think we should do a buyback yeah. service. Because yeah. I'm always needing rags to print on. You yeah, do yeah, like, yeah. well, if your brand doesn't take off, I will, yeah. I will buy I'll, the t-shirts I'll back, back ten, 10 pence a piece. You know, I've, I've, I've done like work with people starting brands who've done some like, like the quality of their um, output, like their social media output, like the quality of top is like being 10 times better than Boyd's. Like, I've it's only very recently that I've stopped just taking photos on my phone. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, he, and still probably 50% of them are. But some of them have been so slick, and I've been like, wow, these guys are the, these guys are the shit. And they've, you know, they've got me to print their first batch of stuff. And then yeah, they've just disappeared after I, they've never but come back. I think I think that again is going back to authenticity though. As mm, Pav yeah. has said multiple times, it's like, you know, if if it when we we spoke about it, um, I think we spoke about it on 
on on the rewind episode that we did last mm. which was came out today mm. and then we spoke about it with um uh justin from low life as well and it's kind of like having a reason for actually having a brand mm. and having that drive and passion behind it is so much more important than just having cool designs yeah oh yeah do you yeah. know what i mean if you've got a story and you, your brand has a reason for for existing Mm-hmm. that is so much more important and people will buy into that like you know mm-hmm. as Perf said like people have bought into you as a person and bought mm-hmm. into your brand as like a as yeah. a kind of a, the add-on sort of thing yeah and it's like from from our perspective it's difficult because like downcast has always been run a little bit like faceless like i've always mm-hmm. tried to run it as authentic as possible and like mm-hmm. be open and it's like this is how we print shit and fucking mm-hmm. you know here's videos of me printing or, or whatever you know mm-hmm. And like even like having bios of like me and Nick's my wife up on the site because for mm. a good long while she helped me run the business. She did, she did all the admin and customer mm. interaction stuff because I'm a I'm a bit of a cunt and I don't <laughs> interact with people well. Um, Does not play like, well so, with others. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like so that part of it is really important to me. But I think with rewind, like what I'm keen to do is do it differently. Because I'm, we're just after having a bit of fun more than anything, really, aren't we? Yeah, it's, it's, I'm yeah. so far into the rabbit hole of downcast that I can't suddenly go and change it now. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And it's I think like, that's people nice you don't. Yeah, it's nice to have that, you know, a different outlet, you know, and and do something that's very, very different as well. And I think it'll probably strengthen your downcast game as well. Do you know what I mean? It'll probably let you get yeah. some stuff off your off your back. You know, yeah. it, by a rewind that you perhaps want to do there, and then it will refine that a little bit as well. But you're right, like there's there's a there was an incredible brand called Death Machines of London who are like a motorcycle brand, and that is a fucking brilliant name as well, by the way. Death Machines, mm, of, and the graphic design was like outstanding, and they kind of launched with this um, uh, like this bike build they built, and I can't remember. I think it was a some kind of Ducati bike, and it was just out of this world. And you were like, wow, these guys are gonna absolutely smash it but it was such a big bang that it was very difficult nothing to follow it up yeah like i think that that bike must have cost 40 50 grand to build fucking hell people were kind of like cool so uh where's the uh next bike that's yeah yeah uh, we'll just take another photo of this one from a different angle and it just kind of i think almost when they started the brand they thought well we're just going to smash it like that and then we're just going to live off that and people yeah. would just keep buying t-shirt after t-shirt. There's after no t-shirt. sustain, no sustainability. In yeah, it. well, it's because people's it's attention like... spans is basically non-existent now. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. But but I think, like you say, like the 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 need to put a little bit of yourself in. I read, I saw a really interesting. Um, I read it. I read it in like some business magazine or something. They're talking about how they build. Um, loyalty in gyms like they did some studies and they were like oh how can we get people to stay members of like it was like david lloyd gym or something like that and so they their management got together and said well what we're going to do is we're going to um we're going to get train our tennis coaches because people really want to learn how to do tennis and we're going to get our our pts to have like nutrition training and like so they worked on the what makes a good gym from a you know operational perspective and it had like zero impact on their attention. Like people were still turning as much as possible. And what they found was actually they did some more research and they found the thing that makes people keep going to the gym is if someone makes a friend at the gym. Mm. So if they right. do a class every Tuesday and they meet someone there and they're like, oh, I really love that person. So every Tuesday they go, oh, I must go to that Tuesday class and see so-and-so. Those people will re- 
be retained at the gym. And I think that's similar with the brand. Like you say, it's like you can get someone to come along and you can you can smash out the best design and have a great T-shirt and I'll, I'll buy one of those. But but what's going to keep me interacting with you and keep me engaging with you you online? And I think that is where some sort of connection. And 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 unfortunately, like I said, I genuinely love when we do meets. I love it when I get to talk to people. I love chatting to people about their motorcycles. I love people asking questions about stuff that I'm doing. People don't do it as much as you think i think like if we have 350 there probably 20 or 30 people will come and talk to me and and i'm I'm always curious as to why other people don't because i'm pretty approachable like i'm not i I do not think i'm cool or anything like that i've always said boys is not a cool brand like we're not an aspirational brand we're a we're a we're an empathetic brand like I'd like people to look at boys and think, oh, that's that person's like me. I don't want them to think I want to be like him. I want yeah, to but like that him. is cool. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, maybe that, that is. is. It's cool to the right people. Yes, the, mm. the people who I like and, and, yeah. and I want to have those interactions with. But there's still a surprising number of people who come to our meets and and wouldn't perhaps feel confident. And and, and that's, that's a shame to me because I would love every single person to feel comfortable and welcomed and I always said I, w- I don't want people to come to Boyd's me or to come to our shop. We had that and um, think this is cool. I want to leave feeling cooler. I want them to mm. leave feeling more liked and mm. and better about themselves because I've gone. Oh, that's an awesome bike, man! Why, you know, how did you do that? Or I want them to leave feeling better about themselves than they felt when they arrived. Um, and that's very much what that's about. And I hope that's a big part of what gives people you know that loyalty you know it's not necessarily about that i went to a really interesting car show last september it wasn't really a car show i suppose it was a car mm-hmm. show um you probably i don't know if you heard it called run the ring it's a volkswagen yeah yeah around yeah. the m25 yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's probably the only volkswagen event i've ever been to mm-hmm. where genuinely no one gave a shit what else what everyone else was driving as long as it had a volkswagen badge on it yeah and, yeah, yeah. and everyone thought that everyone there was the coolest person i'd ever met because yeah, yeah. Any, anyone Pab, that was Pab willing... just put a uh, VW badge on his backpack. That's all I did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just really It took him a week to walk it. But... <laughs> but for, for the listeners, it's, it's, it's a, a charity event, and you basically you do a complete lap of the M25. Mm-hmm. You start off at they have one of the each of the service stations, mm-hmm. and so the idea is you have a giant convoy on the M25 that goes all the way around. Um, and like you, you're like overtaking people it's quite a slow convoy it's like 40 50 miles an hour you're overtaking people you're like you're seeing all the cool cars but you're it's quite it's quite an unusual thing to to be at a car show where all the cars are moving because yes. whenever I've been to car shows yeah. the most enjoyable bit is the last three miles before and after the show because yeah, that's yeah. when you see all the vehicles because vehicles are designed to move yeah, so like, yeah as cool as they look in a field like yeah. and and because everyone was doing the same thing and there was a little meet up afterwards and that but it was su- it was such a cool genuine like family fit and of course you're doing a good things a charity thing as well so you got that sort of warm fuzzy feeling as well I've never I've never done an event like it mm, that sounds awesome I must check that I'm picking up a new a Mark One Golf Cabriolet on Thursday oh, and, and a tin top on Friday actually so I miss my, I miss my Cabriolet. Uh, it's the one car I've had that my wife is still angry at me for selling um <laughs> but it's I it was funny actually because I've always changed cars a lot because it's you know I love cars and um and, and and it isn't a big deal to me if I go and and also it's my that's my savings I don't have any savings I 
put it all in cars and then if mm-hmm. I need to pay for something then I'll sell one of them a good investment I'll... in mark one goals definitely at the moment yeah, yeah exactly yeah <laughs> there's no better investment than than at the moment you, there's much more interest in buying classic cars than there is in putting it in the bank for sure mm. and I get to enjoy them and it was last year that I phoned my insurance company to change uh, the car that was on it and they were like you change cars a lot don't you and I was like yeah I'm, you know I'm really into cars and they were like yeah, we think you're a trader. And I was like, I'm, I'm, well, I'm not a trader. And they're like, well, you've changed cars like three times in six months. And, and so if you're selling three cars, that, that means you're a trader. And I said, well, so they said, we're not going to insure you on that basis. And I said, well, our point of insurance is that you're supposed to be honest on it. And if you're putting I'm a trader on my insurance, that's not the truth. So mm-hmm. I'm going to report you to the ombudsman. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And, and, I, and I was like, Good you're recording work. this, you're recording this call, aren't you? And they were like, uh, yeah. And I was like, cool, can you send that to me so I can send it to them? And then um, they very thankfully, they climbed down and, and actually, I think the insurance for the year was on a classic car, it was like 130 quid, but they'd already cancelled it. And they gave me back and it was only had like three months left and they gave me back that, the 430 quid. And I had to go and insure it somewhere else. But um, I... Um, after that, I thought, you know what? Maybe I am a trader. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they're not listening. <laughs> maybe I am a trader. Maybe they're right. And I, uh, so I found like a trade place, and I was like, hey, no, I'm, I'll be really honest with you. I don't didn't think I'd be able to get trade insurance because I don't really consider myself a trader. I just change cars a lot, and sometimes I make money, sometimes I lose money, sometimes I literally just swap cars with someone, and no money changes hands. And they were like, yeah, you know, they asked me a bunch of questions and they're like, yeah, you know, you could get trade insurance. So I did. And it's the best thing that's ever happened to me is that I can just <laughs> drive any car I want. And um, yeah, I'd, lo- I'd love trade insurance just for uh, that. But no, I've only ever got one vehicle on the road that works. So it's, it's, yeah. it's a way to be a waste of money. It's me. still nice to have the ones that aren't on the road insured. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah of course. The good thing yeah. for me is even the stuff that's in the workshop, I just stick it on the insurance in case anything happens to them, you know. But, but it just means that I... Like I sold, I had this Dodge Dakota and I had this like 1938 Ford that I just happened to sell. In February, everyone seems to start buying stuff. I always share stuff. They they want to get stuff ready for show season, don't they? Show season, yeah, yeah. And I just sold these two cars. And so I had this money in the bank and I was like, well, either what's going to happen is over the next four months, I'll have just spent it all on beer and um, curly wordies. Or... (laughs) And the rest you would have wasted. (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. Or I need to go out and buy some stuff. So, yeah, so I bought this Pontiac. Um, I bought, just happened to get two Mark 1 Golfs <laughs> um, because I saw them both. And I was like, I'll hopefully get one. And I got both of them. And oh, we'll work on. on them and we'll make them run and we'll give them the love they need. They all need a little bit of attention and we'll enjoy them for a little while. And they make great content. And then mm. they'll, they'll go off to, to their new home and then something else will go into its place. And 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 that that that's a that brings me great joy it really does because it always feels a bit naughty when I'm buying a new car do you know what I mean I'm always like Jess is always like my wife's like oh he's always just be like oh what's he buying now whereas now she knows that the deal is that I'll probably keep it for six months and then and then turn it into something else she's kind of all for it now which is again is a great great feeling and 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 I think with the boys brands rather than the death machines of london thing of me having a bike that i built or a car that i built and then forever my content just being photos of that one thing i've got tons of stuff and it's ever changing what's in our workshop and hopefully that keeps people interested and, mm. and keep people engaging with with our, our social media which is yeah you know, i'll be honest really- i scrolled through your instagram for a mm. good like 
20 minutes, 25 to half yeah. an hour earlier. Literally just yeah, going good. back. And I was just like, that's fucking cool. That's fucking yeah, cool. That's, that's fucking good. Cool. Thank and you. And it's like, it's just really, really engaging and honest content. Thanks, um, that's really kind. But it's, you know, hopefully, you know, and I think I see this with good YouTubers as well. Like, it's not about being slick, is it? It's just about yeah. being interesting, I think, you know. Yeah, exactly. My favorite YouTuber is the least slick YouTuber probably on YouTube, but the okay. videos he puts out, and I'm not interested in, he, he does woodworking videos and he's, oh. he, he does electronics. The mm. guy used to work for um, Research in Motion, the BlackBerry company. Oh, yeah. He was, he was like one of the engineers for that. And cool. he is so fucking smart. Like you can, you can almost see the the ideas like pouring out of his head, and the way yeah. he, it's just him solving little problems. And sometimes it's just him fixing a curtain rail. I know it sounds ridiculous, and he's got the he literally just records it. Sometimes he can't even be bothered to record a video, so he bought a time lapse camera yeah. and he just puts it, and then he just talks over it. Yeah, and, it, yeah, and that's yeah. what. And, and but it is so fucking good. And it, there were people with the production value that's a million times better than him. Yeah, but the, yeah. the entertainment value and and you know what you get from it. Is nowhere near what he puts out. Matthias Wandel, if you're interested. Okay, yeah, I will check that out. Do, do yeah. you find, obviously you guys do this, you know, which is mm. a commitment for you because I think that's one of the things that I've I did like when we built like a mobile shop. I did like a YouTube series of stuff, and I just never, I could, I could never really. It's very time consuming, isn't it? You know, yeah, it's a huge yeah. amount of work. I'll and, tell you, who I have a lot of respect for is um, you probably know on YouTube, Dan Chambers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my really god, good, what, what a man! How he finds the hours in the day to do all the shit he does. Yeah, and yeah. like, and he just obviously he's obviously a really lovely bloke, and people yeah. you know want to help him, are willing to help yeah. him. Um, so yeah, I it, speak it, to him quite a lot online, actually. Do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he is a really sound guy, and like you say, very talented as well. He's obviously yeah. a really good joiner, and 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 you know, turns his hand to anything. But yeah, I love. I love that stuff. And it was it, it like Jess is always like, oh, you should try and do a bit more of that. But geez, it's hard work. And I'm I'm on my own most of the time, you know. Mm. I think it's really, you know, but, but Dan manages, I suppose. So the, the thing of it is though, it's the same the thing. Pab, Pab doesn't do anything. Pab just turns up and I chat. literally do just genuinely. The two things I do for the podcast are <laughs> yeah. I turn up, talk shit for a couple of hours. I can I've said this on the pod before. when once Darcy hits end recording, I've I can't remember what the fuck's I've said, and then yeah, yeah. and then I, I write the um you know the little blurb bits you get for the episodes. Yeah, I yeah. write those. Mm-hmm. And then that's, no, that's to be fair, that is a massive help. It's changing up from the the previous dross that I used to write, which is just like <laughs> gets it gets to like the day before the episode. It's like oh for fuck's sake, I've got to write something now, haven't I? Yeah. Like try and make but, myself fucking funny. But mm. it's a, it, it's it's a passion thing, and you know, and yeah. the, these people that do the YouTube and that. It's not that they've got more hours in the day. They just mm. make, they maybe don't prioritise the things find, that I would prioritise to do. It. You find it. Like, you know, I, I genuinely enjoy, like, kind of like the editing side of it and mm. listening mm. back and picking up on the little things. And it's like, mm. oh, that's a fucking, like a nugget of information or something we can use for a snippet or whatever. Like, you know, those, like, little gems I find really, really enjoyable. Mm. It's like the things, like, I don't know, like writing the blurbs, for instance, I have, fucking no interest in that it just no, i love i love writing the blurbs. genuinely just bores me like, <laughs> i love I it i love doing like one of my favorite parts aside from speaking to you know you and all the other guests that we've had on because that is the the whole reason for being for this podcast and why we do it um one of my favorite things is just editing the thumbnails mm. and like you know i don't know if you saw the one that we released today for for our brands episode yeah, yeah. 
that was so much fun to edit. Yeah. Oh my god! When, when, when Darcy said like... it to me, I was buckled over. Because mm. when when you're asked to, oh, send a picture of you looking like you're holding something, I'm like, <laughs> what's he doing with this? <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I have done very dodgy things with photos <laughs> before, before, but mm. yeah, it's it's just a, it's just a passion. I mean, you think we we've you know we've been t- talking here for two hours. Like, mm. if you're going to make a YouTube video doing something, like you mm. could film for two hours and then do it, couldn't you? It, it, it's just making. T- I think if you haven't got a genuine passion for wanting to do it it's yeah. uh, it's a mistake to invest any time yeah. in energy doing it yeah i think yeah. i think as for me it's just like i think putting on the meets and the shows is almost my social thing because i've just exactly yeah. there's a risk that you spread yourself too thinly and like mm. with youtube or, you know i've never tried to do a podcast i don't I, you know it's not something i'll probably go after but it's i think you have to be consistent with it, don't you? You know, you have to commit to it and make sure you're doing it consistently. Otherwise, you're never going to kind of get that longevity. But it, but it certainly feels like if you're trying to have any kind of brand or anything like that, there needs to be something for that connection that we've been discussing, really. That kind of, if you want to build loyalty, then people need to build a connection with you. And I think stuff like this really helps with that, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, in terms of like kind of like the print shop stuff and the brand and printing for yourself and everything like that, I think that has to go into it as well because it's like mm. screen printing is fucking hard, man. Really hard. Screen yeah. printing is a fucking bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a horrible learning curve. It yeah, really fucking yeah. is. And like so many people get into it and give up. And we've spoken about this quite a few times because <clears throat> I think we've always been keen to kind of push a bit more for kind of the brands that print themselves and kind of manufacture Mm. everything themselves and stuff Mm. just because I I guess they know every single part of their business not that there's anything wrong with outsourcing it because we've spoken Mm -hmm. to plenty of brands that outsource it Mm -hmm. and they're just as invested in their own brand but Mm -hmm. kind of having that in your armor as well where it's like oh I know how many fuck ups I've made on this design, mm, or I, mm, I know mm. how many misprints I made in the beginning. I many I know how many times I fucking lobbed a screen out of my fucking workshop and it landed mm. in dog shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because I was frustrated because the fucking reg slipped out because I had a shit press. Mm. And that kind of like really, really harsh learning curve kind yeah. of like forms, like, I guess, your love for for screen printing. I mean, I'm, I'm talking from a personal point of view yeah, here, I think obviously. So. Yeah, but, I think um, but on. On kind of printing then, two-part question, mm-hmm. three-part question. Oh, he's so greedy. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, to, just to really fuck with you. Goes so, in for one finger and slips in three. <laughs> <laughs> so water-based. Yeah. Why did you go with the water-based? Do you know what? Um, when when I started and I Googled it, um, it was it just sounded like the more uh, eco-friendly thing to do um now i i think it for me like the hard wearing thing and certainly when i i do a lot of just discharge with no pigment at all so it's literally just okay. bleached into the t-shirt which there's yeah. nothing more hard wearing than that you know so yeah, yeah. it just lends itself really well to here's a t-shirt you wear in the workshop chuck it in the you know chuck it in the wash and then chuck it in the tumble dryer and then get it back out and it looks exactly the same so i think it was by accident to start with and then i learned to to appreciate the qualities of of something that is completely soft to touch and doesn't doesn't crack etc um second part what inks uh yeah what ink are you using 
Ugh. Just because I'm I'm curious. I'm I'm always like I'm I'm not one of these printers that's really tied to any one thing. Like no, we're no. currently a Magna shop, and I love Magna. Yeah. Um, but I'm always trying new inks. Yeah. So this is more of a question for 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 my own benefit rather yeah. than for the listener. I do you know what I don't even know. That's really embarrassing, isn't it? But um, <laughs> come to the pot. If it yeah, smells it like cat piss. Yeah. Then it's Permacet Aqua. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it smells like it's going to no, kill me. It's, it's I use like pyramids have got stuff that has like a base with pigments. So I do a lot of mixing by eye. Yeah, so I'm, I'm exactly the same. I'm yeah. exactly the same. Yeah, so I like that. So I just have like a giant bat of like base and I just take a cup of it and then I play around with it to get the right colours and stuff like that. And then, oh God, I can't remember the name of the discharge stuff I use. Um, Dettol, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it smells bad. Does it, yeah, I was gonna say, does it smell? I think, bad? Is it Apex? Is it, I think it might be Apex. Is it called Apex? I could was find it Amet, Amet, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. screen Sorry. print world yeah. stuff. So, yeah. I've, I've not done all that much discharge printing, I'd love to, but we don't really have very good ventilation, yeah, yeah. It's like, I find the best way to ventilate it is through your lungs. <laughs> <laughs> Just breathe just it in breathe and then in. go outside and, and blow it, comes it out. out. It comes out clean. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, um, the the Magna stuff, it's I think it's the ULF. Smells like mm. bubblegum. Yes, yeah. I did have some of that. And I uh, and, and that the thing is though, it's like, you know, you know, when Expensive. there was when I was at when I was at university, <laughs> you had Febreze, right? So what you didn't do yeah. is wash your sheets, you Febreze them, but yeah. you knew. <laughs> that that was masking <laughs> something disgusting yeah yeah and so yeah. that's kind of the thing because i did get that oh i got one that was like vanilla scented it's like yeah it kind of smells tastes like smells like vanilla but it still smells disgusting underneath that so it's not yeah you know, it's not like i'm like oh yeah drink, drink that in but <laughs> but yeah i think you know the, another part of it was with the water spacing was just like um you know just minimizing the amount of chemicals like we've always been on like farms and stuff like that so you mm. want to just not pour away any, you know, I always use like eco screen washes and stuff like that. And yeah, we're uh, on a farm at the minute and we're the same. It all goes into like a big, like bucket underground cesspit system something. or whatever. Yeah. Cesspit, yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Um, Brad Pitt's ugly brother. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They <laughs> have to like clean it out and get it drained and everything. I was like, I don't really want to be washing yeah like yeah. horrible shit down there yeah, like that's exact, and that 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 has been another part of it uh definitely but also you know i just like i learned that and like i said i play it very safe like there's definitely been certain jobs that that plastisol would be a, a much better solution yeah. for, but i've just gone i've not experienced it that much so you're better off going to some uh, someone who uses plastisol for that do you know what i mean and i'll so i'll do what i, I do. do i do both like mm. um so probably eight 80 or 90 percent of the stuff I do at my place is all water based, and then occasionally we do plastisol. But the other shop I work at is pretty much 100 percent plastisol, mm-hmm. and it's like I think plastisol is great. Like mm. I've said it on here many a times, I have no problem with plastisol, plastisol printers, or whatever. I think it's good. Plastisol is great. Yeah, yeah, good. Plastisol is good. Great. Horrible plastisol. It mm. should just be. I was about to say thrown in the sea, but that's kind of counterproductive. Isn't it? <laughs> um, um should just be not produced um mm. because it's awful horrible shit to print with mm. um and it's and just feels like fucking crap yeah um I, you know i don't think thing. cheap and cheerful exists with screen printing it 
No, I, I think like what at some point I will, because people have often asked me to like screen print live, like do it at shows and stuff like that, in which case yeah. really do it with Plaster Soul. Like I kind of will have to do that. It's funny, like say I bought like a little just single, maybe I think it might be three or four colour, but single platinum press so I could do it, do it live and like say have like four screens on with different designs and I've never put it together. It's <laughs> still in the box so <laughs> one day because someone actually asked me if they do it and they they were offering like a ton of money and then um, it didn't come through in there but i bought the press but i think that would be nice to do at one of my shows sometimes it, it yeah, sometimes. so would be yeah, the answer definitely. for that for sure yeah, yeah. do not do that with water-based please <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know I th- but the, you know the thing with water-based as well the challenge of it like you say it, it is hard like i i am um, just before Christmas, my wrist started really hurting. Um, and it, I sprained my wrist just before Christmas printing. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I went to the doctors and they like they said, oh, you've got a trap nerve in your elbow, but it's, mm. it's causing a problem with your wrist. And it was when I was doing our autumn winter. Oh, I want to ask you guys advice in a second. Remind me in a minute. Uh, autumn winter collection. I, uh, yeah, and I went to the doctors and they're like, yeah, you've, you've trapped the nerve there. It's probably going to take like seven or eight weeks to get better. And luckily mm-hmm. I then didn't print for a while because I'd launched, I actually did a big load in one go. And then I just had Christmas off printing and it kind of got better. But then I did this massive job with someone last week and it's kind of come back again. And it definitely puts a toll on your body because yeah. I I have to, I lean over when I'm printing, you know, and people are always like, why don't you raise it up? It's like, well, you need to put your weight over it. Yeah. You know I mean? otherwise you're forcing it down with your wrists which will probably do mm. you more damage so you need to put a little bit of body weight over over yeah. the screen um so yeah it's not ergonomically the right thing you yeah. push so, your so, pull so, so, pull good lad good man so, save your question for us in a second because we've got yeah. questions for you in a sec yeah. um third part to that question was what press are you running i don't know I don't know what it is. I got second hand. No, I got yeah. It's nice. (laughs) It's I had the one I had was like the one the old one I had was like fifty years old and yeah. Any pictures of it on your Instagram? Let's have a look. See if we can work out what it is. I don't know. Yeah. Um, And the old one I had was like the registration was appalling. um, And but like I said, I generally just used it as I had six screens like available, but. The one I the one I got now is is only four color and four mm. platens, but it just I don't use more than that. Um, but yeah. it's, it seems like a good quality one. And I what got color it is it? Black, and I got it for like mm. six hundred quid. It's got like aluminium platens. Um, it's got yellow rollers. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, is that Riley? No, I think it's the uh, what was art to silk screen. Oh, is it one of them? No, yeah. those were um, those were orange. No, the roller. No, no, no. The the um, like the industrial ones that they did. Oh, what? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. I, like I say, I'm, I'm really not engaged with uh, <laughs> with the you know the whole. You know, you hide it well. You know I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I'd <laughs> like to say if, I'm an expert. At the end of the day, if it, if a if a piece of equipment works for you, though, it works for you. It's kind of like we can sit here and bitch about fucking manufacturers and see see design faults and everything. Yeah. you know, as, as Pav did earlier with M and I. You know, yeah. M and I listen to this, by the way, Pav. Do they? Um, well, I hope <laughs> they take my advice on board because their <laughs> their system for leveling shit. But it probably made sense <laughs> when they were designing it, but they didn't. M and I were always liking Inky Cow's post, always. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> they follow us and all. 
I'll be, mate, I'm going to be having a word with him at P&P if they're there. Oi, oi, M&R, Mr. M&R. Are you, what day? Morgan and, Morgan and Roger. Are you coming up to P&P? Yeah, I will, yeah. What day? Let me know. We're going up on the Sunday. Okay. Yeah, the plan is to go out for dinner in the evening. You're welcome to join there's, us. There, there is a clan going. Oh well, they're not yeah. going to ask me questions about what like. You have to answer questions this to get is in. The, yeah. the, 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 the <laughs> promotion uh, therapy session. Yeah, yeah, but it's funny, isn't it? Like, I think I've I've always I've been like this with a lot of stuff. Like, like be mean. I I think this started. I used to play rugby when I was a kid, and and, and our coach would like drive us to a game, and he would put the air conditioning on in the car because he'd be like, "You don't want to get warm. You want to be out there and be used to the cold," which is a mental thing to do, and <laughs> definitely cause you injury. And I, I kind of almost feel the same with everything I do. Like like I say, when I first got a new motorcycle, it's like I'd always drive driven like ridden old twenty year old pieces of crap. And so I was reluctant. When people are like, oh, you can have a go on my nice new bike if you want. Like, no, no, because it will ruin the experience that I have on my. Mm, on yeah, my yeah. And I kind of feel like that a little bit with screen printing is like, I'm pretty good at making, you know, improvising, making, getting used to something and finding its foibles. Mm. Like like you have to do with crappy old cars and and and, and knowing when it doesn't like starting and, and, and knowing yeah, when yeah. it's fall out. And like, I know when my screen, you know, when my... Um, when my press is falling out of alignment and I can tell you by how much and which one will go and see what I mean? Like you just have so to, I'm, I'm way too impatient. My ADHD mm. kicks in and I'm just like, so I have ADHD cross with a very fucking short fuse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the, the thing that I said earlier about pulling screens out of the press and lobbing out in the garden and accidentally landing on dog shit actually happened yeah. wow, on yeah. a couple of occasions. Yeah. Um, and it's like, so when, when I went from my, piece of shit good rest her soul um to the cruiser i was just like this is literally like the best thing since sliced bread like mm. it was just mad but it's like I'm, I've, I've always been one for fucking shiny things mm. like mm-hmm. i i like a new thing like you know the other shop i work at's an automatic shop and i'm just mm-hmm. like i want one i want one yeah, yeah, don't yeah. care if i'm fucking printing I, 10, I, t- I, 10 I, t-shirts I, a day I like getting to know something. I think I'm the same. I'm quite mechanical, so I like getting to know the foibles. I've got there was on my old. I've still got the old press. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it for doing various other things. There's certain jobs it's just perfect for. Mm. Uh, But there's one heaven in particular when you're adjusting the um the micro reg. It's not really a micro reg. It's a stick, (laughs) so you can move the screen around. But it always just get a hammer and just tap it on the side. Well, that's exactly what it is. That was the micro reg on my old one. Yeah, one one of them always got stuck. Right. And I'd taken mm. it apart and I'd stripped it down and I worked out what the problem was. It, one of the bolts was a bit bent, so it just wouldn't un, wouldn't undo as easily. And rather than replacing the bolt, I was like, "Well, I've got a little like tiny like plastic mallet, so I'll just tap it every now and again." And mm. and that that was my solution for ten years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but you just go, "Oh yeah, this one tap," and then it's it, I fixed it. Yeah, every, on, every um, tool is a hammer. <laughs> on equipment, then um, is there anything? made you'd like to add to Boyd's from the clothing side going forward that you think could kind of take you to that kind of like next level, give you a boost? Uh, you know, I've dabbled with it's like... A, it's a, it's, it sounds like you're very content with kind of like your setup yeah, as it is, you know, but I'm I just saying that, hypothetically. Yeah, I, th- I think, and I think a big reason for that is like, I, I, I obviously do print for, for some other people. I think the pressure on 
the like consistency and quality really comes in when you're doing stuff for other people right because yeah like i say you can print one t-shirt and it will and people will pick up one t-shirt and go yeah that's a t-shirt and they won't know if it's slightly misaligned or mm-hmm. the issues if when they're getting print, 50 that are supposed to look exactly, exactly the same. same yeah 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 so i think that's where i'm quite lucky um that that there isn't that pressure on me for absolute perfection and and especially with boys product like i i i think everything of boys has to be perfectly imperfect you know what i mean like I, it doesn't really bother me if a little hair got on the screen and there's a black it doesn't bother me because no one's gonna buy 10 of them um although that might change when i start doing wholesale um i think what bit of equipment would i re- do you know what i really like you know how you can get um flash dryers that are like infrared and will turn on and turn like on quartz, quartz, quartz ones yeah. yeah 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 that's that, i think that would be the best thing because i that's the one thing i do is forget and set fire mm. stuff quite a lot yeah. so that you i've got done the... that a few times with the yeah. platens gone over to the washout booth and left the flash yeah. over the platen and then i come back and it's like bubbled up like that yeah and it's yeah, a yeah, smoking yeah. mess it's like, so something it's... smells of burning plastic in here yeah. m and r do one don't know i think it's the, chi- the chili or the chili yeah. d well, sarah from um heck press do you know sarah yeah, I know, Sarah. Yeah, she she bought a uh, a red chili a little while ago. She's a manual she? shop, and she but yeah, she bought a red chili that Nick from a screen print world. Uh, um, yeah, I, I mean, it is one less her, thing to worry about because oh, Bastex yeah. make one as well, but it's foot operated. Mm. Well, yeah, well, so you, you can you can add a foot, foot foot operation to the red chili as well because they gave us the option on the auto where you can just turn it mm. on and off, mm. um, which is pretty fucking cool. Because I think that's the bit thing that really puts me off doing like really big multicolor things. It's just having to to flash dry between stuff with with that and being water based. Yeah, yeah, being water based. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and think... you you have to really have your timings nailed. Yeah, when it yeah, comes yeah. to that as well, like you, you yeah, can't yeah. be you can't be fucking about like putting it under. Oh, is it done? Taking it back out again. But mm. I've just set my new press. I've just set. I'll say my new press. I've press over two years. Mm. Um, where I've set it up. Like the only place I could put the flash is in in position three. Mm-hmm. So, like, obviously, ideally, it would be, like, flash yeah. and, and the sec. But I've had to put it in position. So I've got to really, I've got to basically completely adjust how my timing's working yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, How are you going to make that fucking work? I haven't really considered it. I'm just going to, I'll just do it. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll find a way. Three years in the, the platen just before you. No. Before you put- as in the third platen. The platen just before me is four. Oh, so the one directly opposite you. The one directly opposite me, yeah. So you have a fan on four then? I'm going to have to. That's yeah. the only way. So, so, so what I do is I have... I'm uh, getting tips here. Look. One, <laughs> and then, one and then two I have the flash and then three I have the fan, which is obviously blowing towards me. Mm-hmm. But you just mm-hmm. switch them around. It's kind of... I don't know. Because I mean, the thing is, is you're using good glasses, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. So it's not going to tack that much. I hope not. Well, no. It should, I mean, it should. I've got, I've mind, got, I've I'm, got a job I'm, coming. I'm coming up. We'll see soon. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm coming from. I'm coming from working on the auto this, yeah. right? So that's going under a red chili, which is getting a hell of a lot hotter than an infrared flash because mm. we're flashing stuff in you know four seconds without a preheat, and then it's going straight onto a head to print. Mm. And not, not sticking. Uh, I think it'll be all right. It's that's, just that's using just, the the Rutland and ICC inks. It's just, yeah. I mean, that's what I use. I use why well, Union and 
National ICC. Yeah, We're, same principle. I'm a, a plasticol nerd, Tom. Mm. So you're uh, if you, need, like if you need, to... need any help with plasticol, we we call them plaster twats. <laughs> <laughs> call you water bitches. <laughs> Yeah, it's like I say, I, I think if you came to visit my, um, I, would I even call it a studio? I, I just call it the workshop, but you'd be, you'd, I think most people who are good screen printers would be pretty uh, appalled. I disagree with that completely because yeah. I'm very much of the mindset that if you find something that works for you and it works for your setup with your rinks, for your screens and emulsion and garments and everything, then like, that is the right. If setup. it's working, then yeah. that is the right setup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like anybody who tells you different is a fucking idiot. Yeah, but, um, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. I tell you what, one of the things that has really served me well in screen printing, and I think this is a skill that I it's probably my greatest God-given skill is I'm really good at putting stuff down on a platen exactly central. Like that's, that's my best skill is uh, I can. It's impressive a, work. Yeah. And like, to an extent, like the girl who used to work for me, I would, I would line something up and I'd be like, yeah, that's central. And then she would like come and measure it. And she'd be like, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I just haven't found how I can monetize that skill yet. Um, if I could. But, I, world would be my my oyster for ages i couldn't work out why i was getting wonky prints mm. like and i was like I, I, it's when i when i first started it's I because like, one i'm shorter than the other yeah well no yeah. A, a similar reason to that is when i when i was loading the, when i was loading the top <laughs> i know it's gonna sound ridiculous I, i'd load it and i'd have like one foot forward yeah. i wouldn't stand square onto yeah, yeah. the pad so i'd stand square on but i'd have one foot forward like to give me some purchase but what mm. I was actually doing was, while I was doing that, I was pushing one arm, like, because oh, I was off centre, my hips were off centre, and I wasn't square. And it took me, like, three months to work that out. Mm. So I, was like, I, I still load shirts. I don't don't stand straight. I still have one foot in front of the other. But I obviously flip them over the, the opposite direction that I'm going to print them. My mm. hands inside, spread it out, and mm. then put it on the platen. But then I put my fingers on the underside of the platen and hold the seam close to the platen and then pull it along and it's always yeah. fucking central yeah, regardless of how I'm standing it, it doesn't yeah. matter as long as the seams match obviously it gets a bit difficult if you're printing Gildans for instance mm. which yeah. don't have seams <laughs> yeah. um, and I it has happened where I've like printed a Gildan and it's like oh fuck that's like four inches like over <laughs> it's, it's like a side print but to be honest with you, if you if you're if you want t-shirts that are gilded, then you deserve that shit. That's what I think. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like this if this comes out shit, that's on you for making me print this garbage. Um, yeah. that is what they are. But Darcy and I have this other conversation earlier. Like they unfortunately they do have their well unfortunately, they do have their place. There are certain things Gildan do. Totally. Yeah, I'll that, totally. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that that no one else does. Yeah, no, it's mm. true. It is true. Like, it's, like, it's, I think the um the, it's real stale the uh like I think it can it's quite stale the 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 blanks out there do you know what I mean there's not yeah there's no, not a huge there's not like I said I've had to resort to cut and sew because I wanted like contrast sleeves and and, yeah. and you know, stripe sleeves and stuff like that that you know it's, it's like there's a massive demand for that like mm. The amount of times people have asked me, like, oh, can you do a black shirt with a striped sleeve? To me, and I'm like, that, that, you can't get them anywhere. Like, I am going to. Um... What what blanks were or are you using? Out of curiosity, yeah, for the... yeah boy, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, uh, did you see they've got um, 
they they've sent got loads of new shit coming out, haven't they? The other day, yeah, yeah, yeah. that'll be interesting. Lots of denims coming out. Yeah, they were great. They were great to chat to it. Actually, last yeah, year, I found they were really same, good yeah. because they've yeah, since brought out the jeans. <laughs> mm. Um, and like jeans, jeans are one one of those things for me as well. Like jeans and like cargo or work trousers, like mm-hmm. you know, like carpenter trousers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I fucking love all that shit. And there's just not that, that I found anyways anybody doing it like decent on a wholesale yeah. point of yeah, view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and from the brand's perspective, like. We, we don't shift enough to justify going like cut and sew. Like the mm. only things we've ever really had custom made is like our socks. Mm. And that's because I was like, I was really fucking specific about it. I was like, mm. got really nerdy with my fuck, fucking socks. And I was just mm. like, I want them a certain way. I want them a certain height and mm. I want them made out of a certain material. Mm. Mm. Um, and it was just like, I just can't justify going like, Oh yeah, I want to do these like I don't know cargo trousers or whatever that have mm. got this number of pockets and it's like the minimum order is like fucking hundred and fifty pieces of whatever. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's yeah, a, it's, it's a tricky it's, one. It is scary. Yeah, I found I found it quite scary, but it was really like I say, it's really, it was really rewarding. I I we we did it a lot with our suits. You know, we had to do that. We had to have stuff manufactured, and obviously at Ace, yeah. lucky enough to have contacts that kind of helped demystify that process a little bit um but yeah i think i think like you say is if you've identified a product that you're like you know or you've designed a garment that you're like i have to have this you know um and i think luckily for boys like our designs are so timeless you know what i mean they're, they're never they're not fashionable they're just real simple they could they could be 20 years old they could be 30 years old so i think i've got the confidence that i was like with the jeans i was like do you know what if it takes me five years to sell them they're not going to go out of fashion because they're not in fashion. They've never been, yeah. in fashion, but they've always been in fashion. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's, yeah. kind of, I think that that we are quite a conservative brand. We're not doing streetwear with oversized clothing that in a few years time is going to look stupid. We we, mm. we play it pretty straight. We bat pretty straight with what we do. So, so on that and all the things you've done with brand wise, mm-hmm. what? achievement are you most proud of of what you've done with boyds is there is there one thing you can think of um god uh, I, I, i'm a, i'm a west critic i i i don't think boyds is a successful brand like i i really don't I think are you taking the piss no i i think we're really <laughs> in our infancy in, in terms of it's it's still like um I have you have to fight tooth and nail. Do you know what I mean? Like it feels like everything. Mm. You you have to work really hard to earn it, and it's not easy. And and I sometimes see other brands who just seem to make it look so easy. Well, yeah. I would say that you make it look easy. If I'm honest, <laughs> you know what I mean. Uh, so, I, I would I would too, mate. Would that's too. very kind. Uh, that definitely is. Just, maybe that's your biggest achievement, making it look easy. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> I, I I think that the 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 greatest achievement I. Th- I think was transitioning from a, a, a bricks and mortar business to one that operates primarily via e-commerce. Do you know what I mean? Like it's um, to step back that way is, 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 you know, your, your, your sales drop off immediately straight away, you know, massively. And it's very, very difficult to pick yourself back up from that. But we've now got to the point now that we're surpassing the sales that we had when we had a bricks and mortar store, you know, and I think that, it, yeah. It's amazing because a lot of the people we spoke to are desperate to so go the, the other way. And yeah, I'm, and I'm, in, I'm in that bracket. 
Yeah, like I've, I mean, I could, I mean, we could do a whole podcast on that, on 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 my experience there. Like, like I've, I've realized I've mentioned so many jobs that I've had that I must sound like such. A, like, <laughs> I used to do this, I used to do that, but it's I been have. eighty-four years. <laughs> not that old. I'm not that old, but you know, I, 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 as I have mentioned before, I worked for HMV. I, I cut my teeth in high street retail, you know, and then. And then I went and worked for um, the high street retailer White Stuff at their head office. So uh, I, the best job I've ever had in the world, barring what I do now, is running a record shop. Do you know what I mean? Working on the high street and having a shop is still the it's still the dream. But it, if you're a maker like yourselves, like the issue yeah. I have at the shop would be like I'd be like, right, I need to go and make these this, this product that we're going to sell here, and then people would turn up at the shop, and one of my team would go. Oh, Tom, uh, this guy wants to have a word with you, and I'll be like, oh, "Okay, cool. I'm just, I've just got, I'm just in the and because it's water based thing. It's not like I could just pop it down and then go and have a chat. <laughs> and um, and th- and I'd be like, I'm really in the middle of like they've driven like they've ridden like two hours to get here, and I'd be like, oh, fuck. and I'd write off half a day of of the making stuff that I'd planned. Do you know what I mean? It would just go out the window because I'm I like talking to people, so I could. I would sit down in our coffee shop. We had beer. We had it was licensed, so I pour myself a beer and chew the fat with someone. And before I know, it, I've been talking to them for two hours, and that day's gone. And I'd just end up working seven days a week, and on mm. a I'd have like a Tuesday off, and I had no other friends other than the people who were in the shop. So I'd still just go to work, and and I think that's the thing is it became all all encompassing. I would love to get back there, but. I don't think I'd have my print studio in the shop again. I think that's that's the risk. You need to kind of keep but that that that's part of your identity though, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Yeah. It's very difficult. Have you ever seen there's like a place called is it like the Otto print shop or something? That's like Otto. Is it like somewhere on the south coast, but it's like a coffee shop and a screen printing studio. And I've always thought that would be really cool, but must well, be hard to get a, a, a guy a guy we've um we a chat we interviewed before we interviewed you actually not mm. today early mm. in the week uh i won't say who it is because he's he's quite a he's quite a big episode that we really like we're sort right. of holding on to um yeah. uh yeah he's got he's got a coffee shop built onto his print studio and yeah. both of them have become well his print his, his brand was massive yes. uh, his, his coffee shop has now way overtaken his brand like in staff numbers, like turnover, he's mad. Like in the stories, the stories he's told us, yeah, yeah. completely mind-boggling. And mm-hmm. it was purely from him having uh, wanting to sell some stock, mm-hmm. and it was like, oh we'll, oh, we'll have a little shop front on the front of this, on the front of the, do all the printing at the back, and then the, the mm-hmm. shop front at, at the front. Mm-hmm. And um, they were like, oh, what well, people going to be here? Like, we'll just have a little coffee machine and and, and whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and they're like, oh well, we're, we, you know, we'll, we'll make some, we'll bake some things and that, and yeah. Yeah, and it's just gone. And he, he, he's he's got the warehouse next door, and he's yeah. trying to get the the other warehouse next to that. Like it's just massive. Like it's it's unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah, I, I mean, there's there's something that really appeals about that, and I think that's kind of that's all, that's a bit like what we got to, where it just like that you bolted on the next thing. You went, why don't we just do that and do that and do that? And I think I would like to do that again, but it. I found the way we do things now of going to shows and 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 that it 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 definitely broadens your customer base because rather than waiting for people to come to you, we're we're just going out to people like I'm doing the Scottish motorcycle show in a couple of weeks. So it'll be the first time I've gone over the border up north and stuff like that. And you and you see a whole 
you know, conquest a whole load of new new customers, which you don't have if you're just in one place. Mm. That's the issue is that I think you need a bit of money behind you. We've always done things mm. on the on the real, like, you know, we just don't invest any money. But again, it's a very DIY brand. And I think if we were going to need do it again, I'd need to have a lot more money behind me um, and someone, you know, to support it. And I don't think I, I don't think that's what I want to do. You know, well, it's, it's, that's almost off brand for your brand, if that makes sense. Yeah, it is now. Yeah, because people are always like, oh, are you going to let people come to your workshop? And it's like, well, it's on like a gated farm where people are like being there for 30 years and they're building race cars and stuff like that. And you just they just don't want people there, like no. in the most possible way. They don't want people to know where they are. And yeah. I feel that a little bit. So it's it's strange, really. Like, I feel like our workshop is a little bit like dangling a carrot in front of people and being like, no, you can't you can't come here it's the other thing like people are always like oh what time are you open i'm like oh, it's, it's yeah but that, open to the public. that's when, actually when, um, when are we yeah. coming to visit you <laughs> yeah well when you guys are welcome obviously yeah <laughs> but it, 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 it's, it's brilliant because you say it's dangling a carrot that's making people want to buy from you because they're yeah, like well yeah. i can't i can't visit i can buy a yeah. t-shirt like, yeah, yeah yeah we have we have thought about like doing some like a night there for like our highest that would be really fucking cool. Like yeah, That'd yeah, really it, it cool. is definitely something we we'd like to do. Basically, you know, I don't know if you saw, we built like a mezzanine. Yeah, that was terrifying. <laughs> the scariest day of my life. <laughs> and for and for like six months, it didn't have a handrail. So I was like, yeah, we can't invite anyone. To- <laughs> <laughs> Someone um, will die today. Yeah, exactly. This episode <laughs> sponsored by the Health and Safety Executive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we finally have a handrail now, so. Um, yeah, we probably. That's your greatest it. achievement. It's again, like safety is such an afterthought that for six months we just, I just didn't walk on one side of the mezzanine. So I was always like carrying boxes of t shirt because that's the oh thing. I put God. all the print stuff upstairs because I was like, well, we can't drive motorbikes and cars upstairs. So we need to keep as much floor space clear as we can, which is made of massive rod from my back. So I have to carry everything up the stairs but yeah carrying it up the stairs on the mezzanine when there's like no handrail i like yeah. i'll just stay on this side of the wall do you know what i mean but it's it's all, <laughs> it's all fine man. it's all fine oh. um do you have any questions for us mate yeah what i was gonna i wanted your thoughts from a brand perspective because it just popped into my head so for the last year what i did was do like spring summer autumn winter collections do you know what i mean and i actually did a, a drop of product and it was kind of nice because i get it already and I drop it in one go and I wouldn't have to touch it for a while partly because I've had a bit of an issue the last few weeks that my warehouse is my workshop is very cold and the water keeps freezing so I can't print so I've got really behind with actually printing spring summer which I wanted to launch by like now so I've got like quarter of it done and I'm thinking you know what should I just start just dropping stuff almost weekly like what do you think it's better to go like here's a collection or actually be consistent and regularly i've done both Mm. and what's worked best for us and obviously i can only speak from our perspective i don't think there's a a right or wrong because i think there's brands that do both well Mm. but i think for us what has worked well is doing smaller drops Mm. of products when we've released big drops of products you know the, the last big one i did was um not this autumn but the autumn before mm. um like our autumn uh what was that was that 21 20, 
21. Yeah, 21. Yeah, 21. Yeah, yeah, 21. So going into 22. So autumn, winter, 21, 22. Um, I did a massive drop. I did like eight hoodies, fucking three or four beanies, caps, jackets, anoraks, about 15 T-shirts, new mm-hmm. socks, mm-hmm. pin badges, you name it. Mm-hmm. And it didn't go very well. Mm-hmm. The In the summer, we did the same. Didn't particularly go all that well. It was kind of like we had like the overarching products that sold really well and kind of just like dominated. And then the rest of it kind of fell by the wayside. But when we've done like the kind of like, I don't know, two, three, four, five product drops at once, that's always done well for us. Um, I think that there there is something for kind of keep something to be said for keeping it a little bit minimalist. Um, I sort of not having not having too much choice. Mm. I think that's what it was. It was like would have like the like release like the autumn winter collection and people go on the website and click on that and it's like, oh fuck, there's like 40 products here. Mm. And I've got to scroll through three pages of products to just see what's on there, sort of thing. Mm. Whereas mm. having a little selection and people can literally look at it on your social media and just flick through mm. four or five images or whatever. It was people have short attention spans. Pav said it earlier. It's like people's attention spans are shorter than ever. They're not going to sit on your website for five, 10 minutes yeah, yeah. or whatever and scroll through everything. It's like, I mean, but that being said, it depends how many products you're going to release. Mm. But, you know, we went a bit overboard in the last one we did and it kind of killed my enthusiasm for doing drops like that ever again mm. yeah. um, because it just failed and we've still got stuff left over. Yeah. The um, other way of looking at it is that you're in the position where you're printing the stuff yourself. So you're in control of your own time scale. Yeah. 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 And I sort of, in some ways, view, although I don't, well, I suppose I do have a brand now, although we haven't actually released anything. Mm. I'm sort of of the view that I sort of, any anytime I come up with an idea, I have to get it out of my head and do it and make mm-hmm. it happen. Mm-hmm. And I sort of view it like picking a ripe piece of fruit. I wouldn't mm-hmm. like pick an apple. And then leave it to rot and then yeah, eat it four months later. If I've got yeah. that idea, normally there's a reason I've had that idea. And that idea, it might be something in my surroundings or in my environment that set me off. It could be, you know, and, and if I'm thinking that way, then the chances are I'm tapping into something that someone else might be thinking of as well. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah, sort right. of how I view things like that. Yeah. Um, is, is, is unless, unless you're doing something specific for a like a, a, a Christmas release mm-hmm. or like a, a Halloween release or whatever. Then I think that that sort of makes sense. But having obviously the actual item being seasonal specific makes sense. Obviously, t-shirts in the summer and and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, with, with regards to actually dropping stuff, mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, strike while the iron's hot, sort of so thing. And the, the thing is, is I I really like what you're doing and brands like Fields, who we had on the pod as well, who mm-hmm. you're creating almost like your staple pieces which are mm. like you know your, your, your utility vests and fucking mm. like whatever stuff like your cut and sew stuff mm. and then dotted around that is like your t-shirt designs which mm. are kind of like they're just the things that everybody fucking buys you know mm. what i mean mm. it's like i i like the way that like voids is built around that mm-hmm. you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, whereas like downcast is like it's very much like we're essentially a graphic t-shirt business and mm. then everything else is built around bit yeah, built yeah, to yeah. fit around that and i think t-shirts are a fucking weird game mm. like they're a really really fucking weird game because they're 
that they might be cheap to produce but it's like i think they're harder to shift in a sense as well like there's not a, as much reward in selling something like that yeah. than there is for me anyway selling like i don't know our, our fucking bespoke made socks for instance yeah. which i had no hand in the manufacturing apart from yeah. the design but we ordered a thousand pairs and fucking we sold fucking 750 of them mm. within like three months. Yeah. Wow. Which yeah. was like, that was fucking mental. I can never dream to sell that many t-shirts of a single design. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like having those cut and sew pieces and that is just. I think, it's, it's, I think hoodies are probably cool. easier to shift than t-shirts, aren't they? Yeah. I know, I know they've got no. a higher price point. We, we, we don't sell as many hoodies as we do t-shirts. We sell uh, our kind of ranking order for stuff we sell goes socks, t-shirts, um, and then probably maybe hoodies, followed by accessories, followed by outerwear. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's just, but it's it's, bra- it's brand dependent though. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. Just thinking, cause I, I'm just thinking from a personal perspective. I buy, I probably buy more hoodies than I buy t-shirts. I know it sounds mad because hoodies are supposed to last ages, but. I, I rip through clothing like that, like hoodies and stuff. Mm. Um, I've maybe found just, myself just buying like... a lot of like vintage hoodies now, though. Mm. Like you know, they're, they're you already buy... fucking fifteen, twenty years old. So mm. if I knacker them, then you know, yeah. it's the end of the line, <laughs> sort of thing. Like I, I hate printing hoodies. Lincoln hood oh, always yeah. gets in the way. <laughs> they're the worst. <laughs> I just hate printing them. Oh, I hate printing fleece. I, um... I don't. I don't mind it. No, oh, fuck off, Pav. You just do it, didn't you? Either works or it doesn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, yeah. no. Cool. Um, do you want to do some randoms, Pav? Yeah, we've got a random quick fire questions. Okay. Uh, um, do, 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 do. Hold on. Okay, this is a good one for you. What's the worst piece of advice you've ever received? Best piece of life I've ever received. Oh God. Uh, oh jeez. I'm going to struggle with this. Worst piece of life. <laughs> um. Can, I, can you give it? Can you give yourself advice? <laughs> yeah, no. I've done, loads of, I've done loads of dumb stuff, no doubt. But yeah, worst piece of. Do you know what? I don't. I'm. I hate being given advice. So. No, that- I think that is probably the problem is <laughs> it just goes, you know, if someone, you know, someone offers you their opinion. Uh, unsolicited unsolicited, unsolicited yeah, yeah. advice. Fuck yeah, off. yeah. 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 Then it just goes in one ear and out the other. Like I, I don't mind, you know, I'm, I'm a big ad, advocate of reaching out to people like yourselves. When I asked you a question because you're people who have a, a expertise and, and knowledge, but I think the worst piece of advice is people who have, no real um understanding of what i see and you get that a lot as well you should yeah. do that you know i'll tell you what you should do you should yeah. do that and like you'll, you you'll release do... that on tote bags and never exactly. sell yeah, any. yeah 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 you want to do tote bags mate yeah you want like that kind of thing is is, is definitely and, and it's not necessarily it's bad advice it's just that it's not welcome <laughs> you know it's like you should start your own brand and then you can do what you want so, so the worst piece of advice you've received is advice you didn't ask for um if you could uninvent one thing what would it be um probably 
Uh, I think they're one thing. What do I hate? Brunch. I hate brunch. <laughs> ruined breakfast and lunch. And I don't understand why people do it. I hate it. How, how do you feel about Brinner? Yeah, also hate that. Like, I'm oh, a pretty good three square meals a day guy. And if, one of, <laughs> and if it knocks out my timings, it really drives me to distraction. Because if people are like, oh, we're going to meet Sunday brunch, like, I'm starving by the time I get there. And then I'll eat that brunch. And then I'm not hungry by the time it comes to dinner. And it just ruins my whole schedule. But okay. Brinner, though, is just breakfast for dinner, isn't it? Yeah, it's just eating a breakfast yeah. item okay. for dinner. Yeah, so fry up at dinner. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm a massive fan of eating. I, I think because fry up is a stupid breakfast, if you ask me. Like, I, I, yeah. I eat it in it's a hotel. You just feel incapacitated oh for the rest God, of the day. Yeah, my guts cannot stand. Like, <laughs> and it's always like, oh, yeah, we're, we're, we're on holiday. Why don't we have a uh, but uh, like, yeah, full English. So, well, because we're going to the beach later and I'm going to absolutely soil myself. <laughs> 2,000 calories for my breakfast. It's uh, But yeah, for dinner, the full, the full English is a fabulous dinner, really. It really is. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, that. Agreed. Awesome. Mm. Is it my go? Yeah. If you could change your name, what would you change it to? I am... Um... <laughs> I really, do you know what I really like Thomas served me really well as a name. It like it gets like no attention, but there's enough of us that if there is a few dickheads who are Toms, which there probably are, that there's enough all right Toms out there that you don't really get, oh, every Brandon I've met is a dickhead. So Tom is fine. My <laughs> surname I definitely would change. I always fancied the name Tom Fury. Ooh, <laughs> um, yeah. So I uh, I I've still got the that my email address that I used from was my first email address was furry tom at hotmail.com and that's I, got and very I, different I, connotations now. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> now I like, whereas I once I once said someone that's what it was and they wrote it down as Fury Tom and I was like, actually that sounds cool. Like Tom Fury, like that's a cool rock star name. So I think I'd go for Tom Fury. Just that's, on a side note Ty, about your Tyson name. Fury's uh, Tyson Fury's brother is called Tommy Fury. Oh God, yeah. Do you know what? And that predated that, that guy Nick in my brand. So uh, yeah, that's very <laughs> on, true. Actually. On a, a, a side note about your name, uh, mm. I've been staring at your name uh, for the whole podcast, and I could be wrong here, but I think an anagram of Tom Answer is worst name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's so. Impressive. It's very yeah, impressive if that is the case. And uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> bless my wife because her surname was boyd obviously pre pre us getting married and she took the answer name and that's a big burden to to give yourself to have mm. to explain it to people because boyd is a pretty you know again a bit like tom good name solid name no one can really make a joke, joke about it but answer like you have to explain that all the time you know you, you say it to people who go answer and they're like like as in question and answer and they're like that's, that's not your name do you know what I mean so, <laughs> so yeah but god bless her she loved me enough to 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 want to take the name so she's a saint bless her. <laughs> mm-hmm. um I think you might have already answered this but four wheels or two oh that's really i mean i think it probably if, if you had to burn good. all the cars in the world or all the motorcycles yeah, in the world i would burn all the motorbikes for sure and, it, and it's interesting because boys <laughs> is definitely a a bike brand and but i think that probably does speak to what you're saying earlier about um 
the difference between the bike and the car communities. I think the bike community is a little bit more coherent. You know, mm. I think it's a little bit more um, tangible in a sense, whereas the car community is very... There's so uh, much to it. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. There's, there's the, you know, the Jap scene, the VWs, you know, the, the, the German scene, you know, there's, there's a lot of people doing a lot of different things. So I think motorcycles are, are, it's just a little bit more, um, you can put people in one place and they'll yeah. get along together. And I think that's probably why boys. Well, you can fit up. more in a car park as well. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you, yeah. <laughs> well, that's it. People always, yeah and uh, yeah yeah well people are always asking us to do more car stuff but you're right we just can't find a place big enough to Mm. to to host it really and and it's uh, it's funny we do whenever we do the meets I still every time I get the worst anxiety for it I'm either so worried that no one's going to show up or so worried that too many people are going to show up do you know what I mean it's like you got Goldilocks syndrome yeah there's no there'd be no there's no ideal scenario there, really, but luckily it's it's kind of landed. We used to make a real effort to try and like organise and park all the bikes. We don't even bother now. We just people just turn up and dump their bike wherever they want. And and I think what's good about it is it makes people talk to each other because if someone's blocked in, then they've got to find whose bike that is. And, and I like that. I like that they have so to. You're you're, you're you're mate to the equivalent of being sat next to someone you don't know in Wagamama's. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Very slim. I've nicked that. Yeah, yeah, I like that. It works. People find a way, don't they? People find a way. They do. They do. Um, what fictional character would you like to be friends with? Fictional character I'd like to be friends with. What? Did, um... oh. <laughs> I'm so sure. I, I thought I'd be really good at these. I'm really witty, but. I'm not. <laughs> so, um... But, like my brain's just gone what fictional stuff do you like um what's the last thing i watched the last thing i watched is happy valleys i think i'd probably like to be uh the friends with the bad guy in it to be honest with you he's uh he seems tommy, like a tommy lee tommy, tommy lee Royce. tommy lee yeah yeah tommy, tommy, tommy fury out, yeah out of the people <laughs> in that yeah at the people in that show he was the one who i was kind of like I'm interested. I'd, I'd like. I'd. I'd like talk to him. See what I, I'm. I mean, don't, I'm not advocating advocating any of this be, stuff. Before yeah. he strangled you to death. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. There's the the edginess. I think I'd like that. I think I'd like the fear of. Um, yeah, he might kill me at any moment. Also, he's. I mean, he was handsome. Like, I think that was some slightly bad casting because even as a heterosexual male i couldn't help i was like i would hug him in the shower well, i think like, it was done that way though was it? i mean he's a great actor um what is his name yeah um, i have no idea i can't remember yeah, what his name is i haven't but seen the same so. same with um J- <laughs> jamie jamie dornan he was in um what was that series was it uh ah bollocks i don't I watch a lot of tv is it no. Mar- marissa someone like that Someone like that. Anyway, it's, it's, it's like a another copper series sort of thing. Right. But he was a very, very good looking bloke, but he was a serial killer. Right. And yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like, oh, you know. It's yeah. an interesting juxtaposition, that, isn't it? But yeah, it kind of made me, yeah, I was like, yeah, I'd like to meet that guy. But I think it's probably just more the actor. He looked, he looked interesting. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
What is your most treasured treasured possession? My most treasured. Do you know what it is actually? It's a strange one. But I always have an Opinel pen. Opinel, knife. yeah, that number eight yeah. or number seven? Uh, I think it's a seven. Nice. And um, and that is, I, I I would never not have it, and it's it's beautifully made and. I often find myself in positions where it gets confiscated from me <laughs> because I forget <laughs> that I've got a knife in my pocket. Um, I had this, I went, I had to go to the passport office to get a last minute passport for Darcy. And that's kind of like going to the airport. And I, when you're queuing, I heard them in the people queuing from me, like, have you got any like sharp objects on you or anything like that? And I was like, mm, shit. only my wit. Like, got <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I've got a locking knife. <laughs> and, uh, and they they were like everyone's like let's stand back like put put the, put it down on the table and I like absolutely lost their ish and I also got it taken off again to I took my daughter to some of the women's uh, Euros uh, football and it got taken off me there but I use it so many times like anything from like opening boxes cutting an apple do you know what I mean like stripping a wire and uh, it's it, it has very little value but in terms of something that. I use and functions brilliantly. It's it's one thing I always check I've got in my pocket in the morning. I'm with you there. I have a knife I always awesome. always carry around with me. I'd recommend it. There's a great brand called Tinker and Fix who sell stuff like Opinel knives and some workwear and like interesting tools and stuff like that. A guy called Ed. And uh I always get mine from there. And they've got really cool, like, yeah, like different tools, different knives and um he he hand makes a lot of their stuff as well, like holsters for them and stuff like that. So do check out uh, Tinker and Fix. It's a great do. brand. Yeah, yeah actually. Excellent. Yeah. Awesome. Right. Last few questions. Mm. Uh, no, you've got one more random, haven't you? Have I? No, I've done yeah, three. I so. I've done three. Okay. Yeah. Oh, right. Both done three. Um, yeah. Uh, amongst your many jobs, then, uh, if you weren't doing what you do now, what do you think you'd be doing? Um, I think I, the last job that, I, so I ended up, um, and how I ended up with so many jobs was that I, when I was at HMV, I ended up moving into training and I trained shop managers. And then I moved into fashion and did that from a training perspective. So I ended up doing um, training stuff quite a lot. And the best job I had in that area was I worked for Volkswagen Group. I haven't mentioned this before. It's another one for you. Um, and I would <laughs> do all sorts of training for them. But one of the things I do is do product training. So I'd get to do like car launches and stuff like that. And that oh, was amazing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it was so good. So I'd go over to like the factories in Munich and learn about the vehicles from the engineers. And then we'd have to translate it into English and stuff like that. Or I'd go, you know, and that that was amazing. And it was it was it was such an interesting place to work at Volkswagen because I'm a Volkswagen fanatic and I was good at it because I was a Volkswagen fanatic and most people there weren't do you know what I mean like I I would I would actually get really excited about the products and um and a lot of people didn't and I think I'd probably still be doing something like that um I got headhunted by ASOS from there and that that was a mistake um going there really because I actually really enjoyed working at Volkswagen so Probably have found my way back there somehow. Fair enough. Yeah. Cool. Um, can you recommend any brands that you think would be good on the podcast? Uh, yeah. Who's doing? Um, I think 
I, re- I mean, one of my favorite brands is a brand called Two Gun Salutes. Um, I mean, I do print his t-shirts, but uh, he, I just love their, again, their aesthetic, their design is really cool. Um, who else do I wear? Uh, thing is, I'm going to keep, I'm going to tell you people who are all to do with motorcycles as well, and which fine. is probably going to get quite, quite boring for you, but I really, yeah, well, Tinker and Fix, who I mentioned before then, like, Ed yeah. doesn't necessarily do garments, but I think from a brand perspective, he does something really interesting. I think he, he would have a lot of interesting stuff to say. And um, I think that, yeah, I guess, like, um, there's a really good brand called Brotherhood Boots as well who are doing some really interesting stuff. They do a lot of their UK brands, who are hand making boots, and I think I'd I'd like to learn more about that brand anyway. Awesome, cool. awesome. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, where can people find you, mate? Uh, uh, at uh, Boyds of Bedford or www.boydsofbedford.com, or uh, and yeah, find me there. Don't come to my workshop because you're not. <laughs> you will not be let in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The gate is locked. Exactly. I'm only joking. One day, one day I will fling that gate open. But, um, mm-hmm. Until then, we, we, we've up. been invited though. Mm. Well, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. And the other thing you could do if, is um, we every the first month, no, first Wednesday of the month, and it will start again in April. We do a motorcycle meet at Brew Points in Bedford, which is a big brewery uh, restaurant kind of place. And yeah, come along to that. We always we have a pop up, so we sell our products there as well as hosting the meet as well so if you're into that kind of stuff yeah come along to that meet us in person happy days uh final question then what is the meaning of life the meaning of life is uh i think it's it's about um it's self-actualization i think it's um when you uh for me it's about it's about satisfaction right so um i haven't achieved it yet i still haven't worked out what i want to do even though what i'm doing is is something that i enjoy but i haven't uh i haven't um created when you said like i i don't believe boyd's is a a um successful brand yet or 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 i don't believe i've achieved everything i can achieve yet and for me the meaning of life is is trying to fulfill your potential Certainly that's what drives me forwards. And um, I think I'll forever be striving for that um, to make myself proud of myself. Maybe I'll get there one day, who knows? <laughs> that's, that's good. It's a very yeah, deep answer. I know, yeah. Well, what can I say? I had one beer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'd never catch me getting that deep. Uh, I know, well... I'm about, yeah. as, I'm about as deep as a flea's vagina. <laughs> I t- do you know what? I honestly think, like, you know, COVID messed my, turned my life upside down and I've had to measure um, success quite differently since then. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And it used to be about, you know, more having nice things. And it isn't about that now. Like, it's forced you to go, actually, it's not about that. Like, we've, we've put our house on the market. And we've, we've just decided we you know this was supposed to be our forever house it's a lovely house um but we've just gone actually we just we just don't want to have a mortgage let's just get rid of our let's sell our house and just move into the smallest house we can live in as a family and just mm. try not to have a mortgage so we can enjoy what we're doing yeah. more you know be more focused on 
I think, you know, actually the word is uh, like, is excellence. Do you know what I mean? It's mastery. I think mm-hmm. that's the meaning of life for me. It's mastery. Yeah. Like just getting really excellent at something. Mm. And uh, I think having to dictate everything you're doing by trying to make sure you've got enough money in your bank to give to Santander at the end of the month gets in the way of that. <laughs> and I kind of want to get rid of that and just... Other uh, banks just... are available. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, one, yeah. One this podcast of... is sponsored by Santander. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One, one of my favourite quotes of all time uh, comes from Jake the Dog from Adventure Time. And I don't know right. if you're familiar with Adventure Time, the cartoon. No, no. Oh, it's... It, I mean, dog. no, he's yellow and he's all stretchy and whatnot. Okay. Um, and uh, it's quite, it's quite a trippy show. But it's very good. Very, like, I love it as an Pabs adult. Pabs into some weird porn. I, I am. <laughs> yeah. And um, and Jake is uh, with Finn the human. Finn the human is the main, the main character of the show. And uh, and Finn's really, he, there's something he's trying to do and he's really shit at it and he's really down with himself about being shit. And um. Jake just comes out with, oh man, like, don't be upset. Like, sucking at something is a first step to being really good at something. Yeah. And I was sitting yeah. there watching his kitchen and I was like, fuck me. That is, <laughs> that, that, yeah, was, that, that was intense. That I was not expecting that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah definitely true. It's definitely yeah. true. Yeah. I suggest you check it out. It's very called Adventure Time. The guy who plays Jake the Dog is the same voice as uh, Bender from Futurama. Um, okay. Check it out. Very, very good. <laughs> awesome, cool. awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on chatting to us, mate. We uh, really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, Tom time. had a great time. Like, really appreciate all your time this evening. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Good luck. Yeah, and you're, you're you're coming up to you say you're coming up Printbury on the sun on the Sunday. Yeah, I'll try. Yeah, I, I definitely was going. I hadn't decided what day I was going. Yeah, but uh, I will try and see if I can make it happen on the Sunday. That'd be well, cool. There's there's a space for you at dinner if you want it. We're going, we're going out for dinner about, I don't know what time it's, half seven, eight, I think it is, if you're, if you're available. Awesome, yeah. Yeah, I'll uh, we're good. Check, check if I can sort out childcare, etc. Happy days. Right, lovely. Lovely. Day. All Ciao. the best, mate. Bye. Thanks so much. See Cheers. Yeah. Bye. 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 B